welcome to Wisco Dice. Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. All right, well, we've, we're back again for episode something or other. Yeah. We're recording on August 11th, 2012. There we go. The something or other episode number is only because we had another recording session in between this one and the... And 16 Correct. that we're not 100% sure right now we're going to release or not as an episode or through Quincy's Diary or something like that. So, yeah, we'll we don't usually say what the episode number is anyways, but we figured I'd throw that out there and let you folks know. Anyways, who do we have in the studio today? Well, my name is PJ Shart, otherwise known as Paul Wagner, otherwise known as Wisco Dice on Twitter. All right, and we have the Quincy with the most. Quincy with a little less most now. It's getting to be less and less... You know, every week. All right. So we're down to 45 pounds of weight loss. That's impressive. Yeah, that's great. So keep going. Of course, <laughs> of course Gen Con next weekend, that's <laughs> going to be a, a rough rough deal with all the eats and drinks. And for any of you folks, this episode, I'm going to try to get it out before Gen Con. So if you hear this episode and want to hang out with the Conesy, hit me up on Facebook, Twitter. Saturday night, it sounds like we're going to go out and do some drinking, so... Wow, it's going to be quite a gamer weekend. We've got Gen Con here in the U.S., and the ETC is going on over in, is it in Poland? Yeah, it's next so. weekend. I mean, that's, wow, that's going to be quite the deal. And, of course, then you got the weekend after Gen Con last year's standing. There you go. That's going to be in Ohio, isn't it? That is. It's run by the Ohio Hammer guys. Who are they? I don't know, some podcast in Ohio. I mean, all I, all I really know anything about is corn stalks. Yeah, and they talk about breast milk and weird stuff like that. Yeah, you don't and, get I that mean, kind of stuff but, on Wisconsin. Yeah, guys, I mean, come on. After come all, on. a Buckeye is always worse than a Badger. Well, it's inanimate. I mean, seriously. Inanimate object versus live animal? Who's going to win uh, that fight? I, I think it's going to be a live animal. But, I, I mean, hey, that's just me, you know. You ever win near a Badger hole, you know. <laughs> exactly and all i have right. a badger hound so i mean that works even better so before all we right. move on any further let's go ahead and give a quick thanks shout out to all of our sponsors oh that'd be great let's start off with the last square preferably if paul doesn't ram the mic stand any more than that <laughs> let's start off with the last square they're located on the dana road they have everything for your miniature needs whether you're going to be doing dungeons and dragons whether you're going to be doing warhammer Fantasy, 40K, Privateer Press, trains, pretty much anything you can imagine. And, of course, their online store is great. You mm-hmm. get huge, you get your nice discounts on everything. Correct. TheLastSquare.com. The, I know all sorts of online stores give discounts and whatever, but TheLastSquare.com is, it is an amazing place to shop at and mm-hmm. pick up whatever you need. And you can hit them up and get great miniatures advice as well. They've been doing it for years. They've been doing it for much longer than anybody else that I know of out there, certainly in the Midwest, where it's just been dedicated miniatures. That's what this store was founded on and built on. So make sure that if you need you questions, queries, you can check their blog, you can mm-hmm. email in, you know, whatever you need to. They're happy to help. And while you're there, stop by, buy something. Exactly. All right, next one. I think we got Misty Mountain Games. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, Misty Mountain's here on the east side of Madison. Is that on Cottage Grove Road? That is on Cottage Grove Road, and they've got pretty much everything you could want as far as gaming related from board games, miniature games, card games. They've got, if it's not on the shelf, you don't see it, you ask. If it's in production, they can get it for you. I think they have the largest gaming space in Madison as well. It is is great. Yeah, it's definitely. You need gaming space for whatever your event is. 
you know, just call into the store or ask, say, hey, what's going on? You got space for X number of tables or whatever. And almost assuredly, they can hook you up every time. And also, we've got the Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles League. That's going to be at www.hfb.com. Is that right? That is going to be at www.hfb.com. And what can you do at www.hfb.com, Ben? Well, they've got a league scoring system. August is the the month that they're down before we start the new league term. All right. Next month. And about every three months, they do a league where you can participate, score your games. And at the end of the league, there's some kind of playoffs with a usually a winner or loser. It's all based on regions here in Wisconsin. It's great. you got forums. You can hook up with games, mm-hmm. talk Warhammer. It's a great social community for everyone that's a Warhammer player. Sounds great. Well, what do we intend to cover today, Ben? We're going to talk about the best subject ever. What's that? Orcs! And goblins. I, I think the best subject ever would more appropriately be goblins, in my opinion. But but orcs is the best. Uh, unfortunately, going to hear that a lot this episode. I apologize. You are, because they are the best. In advance for hearing that. So what have we done the past couple of weeks? Week, <laughs> since we last recorded. Well, I got to get in a game of Blood Bowl against Brian oh, uh, nice. last weekend. Brian's been on the show, Disturbed Mach 1. He's been on the show before... It was a lot of fun playing Blood Bowl. I brought up my Dark Elves, mm-hmm. which are a weaker team in Blood Bowl. And he was playing his Norse. And I had a bunch of really close scoring opportunities. But I just couldn't quite capitalize. I had a bad run of of, of the onesies every time I'd want to <laughs> like, oh, hey, this is a scoring opportunity. I need to make like three dice rolls. Okay, whoop, there's one. And usually when you're playing Elves... There's not many dice rolls other than ones that usually kill you when you're on those like sure scoring opportunities. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, I it, all three of my big ones that I had opportunities on, I rolled once, failed it, lost control of the ball, something horrible happened. I ended up losing the game. I think three to one, but it was fun. It was it was really the score didn't make it sound nearly as close as it was. Mm-hmm. I probably should have had four or five points in that game. All right. Well, cool. I actually got no games in. Dougie was teething this week, so there was not a whole lot of action going on in my house. Yep. No, I. that's, that's understood. <laughs> and I actually had a root canal and three cavities filled. Yay! Yay! No, not at all. Well, I was out in Atlanta all week, too, mm-hmm. so for the first part of this week, that for work. So I normal gaming night at the last square, I wasn't mm-hmm. able to go to because of that. So hopefully somebody was playing some Warhammer there. Yep. And also, I did get some hobby goals going on, though. I said I wanted to get my spiders painted, my wolf rider spiders, and I did get a base con on those guys. So I got some of my hobby goal done. So yeah. that was pretty good. And I'll just go ahead, and my hobby goal from last time was to, because I knew I had the trip, was to just try to get some hobby done. And lo and behold, besides the Blood Bowl game, I actually got some hobby done. Sunday I sat down and... And started putting together my Mantic, my Mantic Spear Elves. Mm-hmm. And I got 20 of those put together, which is a, a decent unit. Nice. In that game, you can, at least in the new rules, you can take units of 10, 20, or 40. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to get that unit, or get a real fieldable unit up and going. I'm really excited to try to play my first game of that. And I also started working on. I'm not real happy with the red I did on my Beastman, mm-hmm. so I sat down and started working on painting some alternative colors for the Beasts as far as the secondary colors. Like, red wasn't working. I like 
well, let's try some pinks and greens and whatever. And I haven't really settled on what that will be, but that's, I would like to get back to that project and, and keep it moving. Well, I think some purple actually might be nice on them. Be a nice, rich, darker color. Oh, that's, it a, up. that's kind of the problem. It's dark. Mm-hmm. And I want to try to avoid that. I'm trying to find something that's bright. All right. Fair enough. I, I don't have much help for you there. The, the <laughs> beasts are dark, so I want to... They're dark brown, so I want to try to work that up with All a right. lighter color as a secondary color to them. Fair enough. I'll get something. It's it's just a matter of what, what catches my eye and what I enjoy painting. Well, we're going to move on now to a new segment. This is the replacement segment for the old... Gaming with Children, Gaming exactly. with Children. We listen to you folks. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were folks out there that enjoyed the Gaming with Children that could relate to it. Yep. But we have dropped that. Mm-hmm. We might bring up if there's some curious gaming incident. We, we might bring it up later in the show. Mm-hmm. But for now... Awesome models you might have missed. Exactly. your new segment. So, in the last episode, if we get that released, we'll be talking about Raging Heroes. This one, we're going to go with Game Zone figures. Game Zone figures, if you've been on the internet playing for a while, I would kind of assume that you've heard of these guys. They are a miniatures company from Germany. They don't have their own rule set that I'm aware of. They basically just make miniatures for playing fantasy games. And they fit in remarkably well with Warhammer. They do an Empire range with very, very detailed miniatures, very characterful miniatures. That's kind of their hallmark. Their miniatures are always going to be almost a little bit more expensive than Games Workshop from what I've seen. But they do have a whole lot more detail than the average Games Workshop miniature as well. And that's because they're all in metal. Uh, And they have been for forever. Metal. Yes. They have a range of orcs. They have a range of empire. They have a range of demons. They, I think they even have some Bretonians. Elves. Elves. Yep. Uh, Dark elves. Specifically, they have some gorgeous high elf eagles. Those are probably going to be the most seen miniatures that I've ever seen on the table are their game zone eagles. They have gorgeous sculpts with... uh, the wings are actually the target point, the touch point with the base. So instead Not of putting the miniature, of yeah, but they do have uh, one gorgeous one that it's basically th- it's sideways. Yeah, yeah, and then they have a couple other really nice sculpts. Um, Chris, you, um, who you might have heard on Garage Hammer, he's got two of those Game Zone eagles that are painted up wonderfully, and I've seen them used in many an army before. If you are looking for some more substantial Dark Elves as well, not kind of the skinnier, but more bulked out a little bit, the Game Zone Dark Elves are beautiful, beautiful miniatures. They seem to fit in a little bit more, too, with the Dungeons & Dragons Dark Elf Forgotten Realms aesthetic. drow type. Yeah, they look a little bit more like drow than they do the Warhammer Fantasy version of Dark Elves. The cold ones, like their cold one chariots and stuff like that, were really good, too. They're great alternates, especially mm-hmm. now that uh, the last time I looked, the GW didn't have a cold one chariot even available anymore. Exactly. And the one they did have available was with the old plastic sluggish-looking cold one, not mm-hmm. the current plastics. Yeah, and the Game Zone cold ones are huge. They definitely look like they're strength for. <laughs> And uh, they're, of course, metal. They look really, really nice. And you could make an entire Dark Elf army out of their range, which is something you can't necessarily do with the other miniatures that they have available. But Which is great to keep that unified aesthetic across your army. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, after seeing a couple of army blogs with Game Zone miniatures, 
They obviously paint up really, really well with a very, very talented painter. Any kind of a decent miniature is going to do that for you. But I saw a wonderful example of uh, an army being base-coated and dipped that turned out perfectly with these Dark Elves because, like I said, they have a little bit more detail than you're going to have in a Games Workshop miniature. Uh, They are obviously more expensive as a result, but they looked absolutely gorgeous after simply one dip, which usually with a Games Workshop miniature... You're going to want to go back in and highlight it a little bit more. But because there's so much more detail on these metal minis, you can put a little bit less dip so it doesn't look nearly as I've dunked this miniature. It looks a lot more like I've actually shaded it. Sure. But their Empire miniatures, they have a lot of very characterful hero uh, options in there. They have pistoliers and handgunners as well that turned out really, really nicely. They have a couple of really gorgeous scribes. They do some Bretonian questing knights as well. All of their night miniatures are really, really nice. They're a little bit more oversized than Games Workshop miniatures, so they will stand out on the tabletop against a GW range. They're still 28 mil heroic, though. Correct. Just... They are still 28 mil heroic, but uh, the horses themselves are a little bit bigger Well, um, from what I've seen. I would I would have to compare that to like new horses and stuff like that for mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Well, but with the Empire, unfortunately, you don't have any new horses. So. You have the new ones that pull those goofy wagons. Yeah, I mean, if and you I, wanted... I'd have to look at how those are sized up now. I bet you those mm-hmm. horses are a touch bigger than the current plastics. Yeah. Um, plastic knights. And the bread horses got bigger, too, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, then all the stuff comes on the same standard. Twenty-five. It's all on the same... Like, oh, a cab guy's on a 25-mil mm-hmm. base. A infantry guy is usually on a 20-mil base. It's... It's kind of coincidental how most miniatures companies orientate their figures in a, such a way that you can use them for Warhammer, even though they're making cool fantasy sculpts. Yeah, if you go to uh, GameZone.de, I believe is the website, or just search for GameZone miniatures, it'll bring up all over the place. Artemis Black has a bunch of them available to look at and to purchase on their website as well. It's something that if you look at GW's range of miniatures as a whole, there's a lot of empty-ish space on the miniatures for you to be able to do a decent amount of freehand or just simply paint as armor. For example, the way that Games Workshop did all of their banners up till the uh, Empire Battle Standard Bearer General Kit was they had a piece of cloth. And then you would freehand a, bit, a miniature or you would freehand a design on there or something like that. But if you look at the... The cloth banners. Yeah, anyways. the cloth banners, Exactly. That if you look at the Empire Standard Banner, it has more of a detail into the actual banner itself. So it pops out of the... Yeah, it's they've got actually a pattern raised it already out. on there that's mm-hmm. raised out. And the High Elf Battle Standard Bearer as well. That's really what most of the design in Game Zone miniatures are. There's not a whole lot of space for you to actually paint flowing colors and very nice transitions. It's more, there's so much detail on this miniature that you don't have to do freehand. It'll still look like there's just an amazing amount of detail on these miniatures just by painting the detail that's there. And so if I was going to be able to point out kind of a different design philosophy of Game Zone versus Warhammer, that would be what I would be pointing out to. I've seen them painted up even to the same level. A Game Zone miniature next to a Games Workshop miniature will look different. But... Like I said, they are very characterful, and I think they fit in really, really well with the range as well. Sure thing. I think we're going to take a break here. Last I checked. All right, cool. We'll be back in a few.
And in this quarter, we have Paul Wagner, otherwise known as PJ Shard, otherwise known as at Wisco Dice. And in this corner, we have Ben Cohn, otherwise known as Duggan Brightax, otherwise known as the Conesy with the most. Yes, and it's going to be the fight of the century on October 20th, only available on pay-per-view. What do you mean, pay-per-view? Pay-per-view. you got to donate to extralife.org, otherwise we're not going to have this fight of the century happen. What's this, extralife.org? Extralife.org. You see, what the thing is, it's a charity where you donate for kids that don't have enough money. But anyway, on the Warhammer, if you donate, and we meet our goal by October 20th, we're going to play a game of Warhammer Fantasy at 21 hours of our 24 hours of being awake. That sounds like... It's going to be a disaster. Yeah, and we're going to play it for you unedited. That'll be amazing. Yeah, and that's only available if you donate to ExtraLife.org. Yep. ExtraLife.org. ExtraLife.org. Saturday, October 20th. Be there! Yes. Yes, Master. I really wish I had something for statistics on a droid. Hey, fan. What's up, man? Yeah, there's a great app out there for fantasy called Fantasy Math Hammer for your Android telephone. So what does it do? Well, do you play Warhammer Fantasy Battle? I know you do, fan. Do you know all the units? How they perform against combat against each other by heart? Yeah, Conzi doesn't either. How many times have you faced a unit of Ogre Iron Guts and had no idea how well your Chaos Warriors would perform against them? Are you throwing the unit away? Or do you have a chance to win the combat? Well, guess what, folks? This app will give you the good idea of how they're going to fare. I recommend you go ahead and download the app, put it on your phone, check it out, give the guy a review. He's uh, looking to add and continue to developing and working on this constantly. He's really taking fan feedback. Make sure you guys check it out. Yeah, yeah, I certainly will. <laughs> the app is great. Thanks, Gonzi. And we are back. And we're back. Thank you for joining us again on Wisco Dice. Again, they've already been here. It was a commercial. Same. Okay, commercial. Wow. Wow. Hey. All right. Well, <laughs> let's get on to the best segment we are possibly ever going to do. The best segment in the world. Because we're talking about the best army in the world. Yes, goblins. Orcs. No, goblins. Orcs is the best. Yeah, but goblins always win you the game. Orcs is the best. But goblins Orcs is the best. Win you the game. No. Yeah. No. I think so. No. It's what you get for thinking. All right. So why would you play this army? That's the real question. Orcs is the best. I don't consider that a valid reason in the Warhammer universe. I'm just saying. Orcs is the best. Enough said. You don't need to go any further. That's it. Well, where are orcs the best? I think orcs are the best when it comes to having as many choices as possible to be able to play your army with. They're a very diverse army. You have all sorts of different tactical options for the army. It's one of the the armies that I really recommend. There is... People can get kind of intimidated by, like, oh, well, it's orcs. It's going to be uh, orcs and goblins. It's going to be a horde army. I'm going to have to have paint lots and lots of models. Maybe that's intimidating. Mm-hmm. You can you can build an orcs and goblins army that's 80, 90 models, and it's going to play pretty decent for you. So that's And that's certainly not horde by any means in, in the current Warhammer gameplay of, of 8th Ed. Yeah. But you can go, you can have, once you build your force... There's a lot of diversification. You can build a shooting force, a very defensive force. You can build a very close combat-oriented 
force where you just want to push things forward and punch them in the face, mm-hmm. you can build a force that's very fast with cavalry options that are really pretty good. You can build a force that's got lots of monsters in it. You can build all sorts of very diversified forces, and that's gives you from the get-go to down the road two, three, four years, a lot of reward and playback ability in the army on top of a huge model range, one of the largest model ranges in the Games Workshop lines because of the number of different unit choices. Mm-hmm. The the amount of choices that you have in Orcs and Goblins really harkens back to the 5th Ed Warriors of Chaos book where you were able to theme your army in so many different ways because you could have done one of the four Chaos Gods or you could have done mortals or beasts or demons. And the big thing is that with this book with the orcs and goblins book there's i think more options for theming available than even in warriors of chaos in fifth edition well warriors of chaos in fifth ed was a big giant box set yeah exactly it wasn't even a book Mm -hmm. it was it was two books it was one for the armies and one for the characters and then you got the magic items in there as well well magic items were also a separate box set in fifth yeah there but, were some magic items included with each mm-hmm. book, but for the most part, magic items were still a box set. Yeah. And that theme was carried into the sixth ed hordes of chaos book, mm-hmm. but there was definitely significant changes, and then they finally broke up the lists. Yeah. But, but with orcs and goblins, I mean, you have so many different options that you can do for themes. You can do common goblin lists. You can do forest goblin lists. You can do night goblin lists. And then even with the special characters that you have, you can do... A Skarsnik list, you can do a Grom the Paunch list. There's just so much character to all these different units. I'm pretty sure you hit all the goblin variants. Yeah. You kind of avoided the best variant lists that you can do with this for themed and fluffy lists. <sighs> I disagree. Because you can do the Black Orc, Fighty, Grimgore list, mm-hmm. led, bash him in the face, we'll take all comers type Fighty list. Mm-hmm. You could take a very characterful crazy shaman warzog savage yeah, orc you know, yeah crazy yeah. savage orc beast savage orc list. horde yeah you can do just a, a big mob of orc boys mm-hmm. and all sorts of variants there well then on you... top of just the tactical variants of mm-hmm. fighty shooty monstery whatever it might be well and even with common goblins you have common goblins and wolf riders and there's so much fluff behind everything in the orcs and goblins army if you go back to the older books it's one of the few races that the fluff changes almost the whole time as they're writing it and the characters really kind of evolve as they go along and the backgrounds themselves get fleshed out a whole lot more when each book comes out or they get fleshed out a little bit less so for example with my spider rider army I actually went back to 5th edition and found about two and a half pages of fluff for spider riders in general and forest goblins, period. So I think there's a lot to be said for finding more of that fluff in the other books, which kind of doesn't help as much with the other army books themselves. So if I were going to say why should you play orcs and goblins, I would say I would play orcs and goblins if you're looking for an army that has fun on the tabletop and it's something that also does reward a good general obviously but it's also something that gives you something to blame when stuff goes wrong because you can always just blame it on your orcs and goblins just being idiots because they have their own special rule called animosity 
which means that they just like to fight with each other yeah, all the time. Well, Animosity is pretty mitigated in this book. It still Correct. can bite you, but it's mm-hmm. pretty mitigated in this book. Yeah. It's probably the most mitigated animosity has ever been with the orcs and goblins. So, mm-hmm. so I would say there's a huge tactical advantage playing orcs and goblins just because there's so many options you can play with them. Nobody's really going to know what kind of an army you're bringing if you're bringing an orcs and goblins list, which I think is definitely a benefit with tournaments because nobody's going to know exactly what you have. Um, and, for example, if you bring warriors, you know, you're going to be bringing warriors and you're going to be in war shrines. But there's so many core options and special options and rare options in this book. You can literally bring anything you want to. There's a whole lot of fluff options so that even if you already have an Orcs and Goblins army, you can make another army just based on background. And also, like you mentioned, Ben, there's just such a huge model range that there's so many different miniatures to be able to use and to paint you could spend your entire Warhammer career just playing orcs and goblins and never play the same army twice. Well, I've certainly played, spent the last three or four or five years collecting them. So, and you've spent a long time collecting goblins. Mm-hmm. Someday you'll convert over to the dark side and realize, oh my god, this army actually plays pretty well when I include a few orcs. Meh. We'll see. I, I see you've mysteriously found a way to include orcs in your savage or in your forest goblin list. Yeah. I have. Because you needed the best element. No, I I wanted to include some miniatures from Warblock Monkey. So I'm gonna, and it's gonna be cool. And and somehow they ended up being orcs because you needed the rules that the orcs have. Yeah, I wanted more than one spell lore in my list. You are correct. You got the best lore of all. I disagree. I like the goblin lore better. But anyway, that's kind of neither here nor there. But... Also a great reason to be able to play this army because... Because Orcs you, is the best! If you taunt your opponent when you're playing this army, you're just being fluffy. I mean, that's what you're kind of supposed to do because that's all they do. They just fight and fight and fight. And then if they're well, bored, then they fight some if more. If you play, you're all goblins and you just run away, run away, run away. But uh, that's besides the point because they're lily-living cowards. No, they're actually much more intelligent than Orcs. They're cunning. Uh, I would... Say no. I believe the current fluff doesn't say that at all. It does. I read no, it. Not really. Yeah. There's occasionally a goblin that's kind of smart, but yeah. normally uh, they're the guys cleaning the toilets. Well, digging the, the privies are the ones cleaning the no, toilets. No. I mean, there's some stupid ones in there. It, obviously, every race it, is going to have and its stupidity. Of course, and of course, you have the goblins that are just turned into orc lunch. Oh yeah. And then you have the goblins that are sacrificed. To opposing armies because they're like speed bumps. Exactly. Yeah, you thought you only had speed bumps in vampire counts? Nah, definitely in Goblin's army as well. Especially with their special rule that allows orcs to not panic if goblins are fleeing. That works out pretty well. Let's go ahead and we're going to do a rough review of the book and kind of have some comments on some of the units. So let's go ahead and start getting into talking about the core of the army because Paul and I could pretty much do this goblins orc banter all day long. Yeah. And the only thing you'd ever realize is that orcs is the best. So, starting with our first core choice, we're going to have common goblins. They're about three points apiece. They can be fielded in anything, starting from a unit to 20 up. And they have their own special little characters that you can put in there. 
Yeah, I, I I'm not sold on on these guys. I, I've seen them played. Mm-hmm. The nasty skulkers is what they're called, and they're basically just little. They're very in fluff. I think they're little goblin mini heroes that have ASF. Well, but they're, they're still goblins. They're goblins. <laughs> they're effectively goblin cha- goblin champions with ASF, and but they gave them killing blow too. Mm-hmm. So they're. I mean, they can potentially do something but like most things in the orcs and goblins army the potential's there but it's not something you can count on as any kind of reliability all right so they're fun but especially with the miniature range that they have right now for common goblins unless you have a really good idea of how to convert something to be common goblins i almost wouldn't put them on the table they're not very good strategically even though they're cheap (laughs) and the models don't look that great in my opinion yeah, I'm not happy with a. They're one of the oldest units that are in the plastics range. Then they're really due for an overhaul. They're definitely out of scale. I think with with say even like the Night Goblins got redone recently mm-hmm. or quasi recently in in miniature manufacturing terms, and they're just out of scale with that. So, so speaking of again, some of the oldest miniatures in the range, we're gonna go to Goblin Wolf Riders. Those are available at 10 points apiece, and you can get them with light armor, shield, bow, spear, all kinds of Very stuff. Very diverse light cav type unit. Mm-hmm. Movement 9 really, really helps a Very lot. Very fast. Yeah, and they don't really lose that fast cavalry, so that works out pretty well, well as well. Well, they'll lose it if you put a ca- you know, character in there, but beyond that... Well, a character that doesn't have fast cavalry. Actually, there are uh, fast cavalry on some of the mounts in this book. That works out pretty well. Um I know for sure that two of the special characters are fast cavalry. As yeah, well as being they, mounted they have it, but they wolves, don't so. like the the mount itself doesn't grant it. Or, yeah, I guess it does. Mm-hmm. So if you put them on a wolf, it does grant, and a giant spider it does grant the fast cavalry. That's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, that's something that makes this a little bit more diverse because in most other armies, you're absolutely correct. If you put a character in that fast cav unit, it loses that fast cav bonus. However. Uh, orcs and goblins are able to preserve that, so you can have a nice little delivery system for a fighty little character with a wolf rider unit. Next unit we're going to move on to are the night goblins, which are awesome. They're okay. I really like the miniatures. I like both the miniatures that were in Battle for Skull Pass and also the current box that they have for night goblins themselves. Of course, as everybody's anyone who's played orcs and goblins before knows, night goblins themselves are not the real goodbye of the night goblin unit the real goodbye are the fanatics mm, i would argue that too I, I don't care for fanatics fanatics most games against savvy opponents fanatics end up getting used against you mm-hmm. because they'll end up being released on or near your side of the board it's oh hey i flew my 50 point eagle over there and just mm-hmm. launched and forced you to launch your fanatics or oh hey i I flew my 55-point harpies over there, or I used my 100-point fast cav to suck those out, and now you have a bunch of spinning little bombs that are more just as likely, or especially more likely now, to spin right back into my army. Or even worse, I decide I want to charge something. Mm-hmm. I charge. Guess what? I charge from 9 inches out. Mm-hmm. I move to that 8-inch. Now I have to launch my fanatics. If they don't get to my opponent's unit, mm-hmm. I now end up having to land on them and take additional damage from them. But see, that only actually matters if you're playing or got night goblins in something else. I found that when you're playing with all night goblins, 
the lore of the little Wa actually works really, really well as a defensive lore. And so you can sit pretty close to the board edge and just wait for the opponent to come with, come to you by building your list to really force your opponent to move across the board. And then if you're not actually going to charge something, you don't really care that there's something out in front of you. And if you only again, use them as a defensive measure, and you've got three or four again units, then we go back to my your a savvy opponent finds ways to force them out. Well, true, but if you've got four units with four things of fanatics, unless you I roll can use really poorly, one fifty point eagle to launch two units worth of fanatics. If I don't get to you, yeah. If the rolls don't go well, it doesn't matter. D six strength five. Hits? I land it. I land the eagle so that it's equidistant to eight inches away from two units. You can't mm-hmm. get to it. Or I launch two units. Mm-hmm. It just that's the way it is. If your units are lined up in a line, that's very easy to do. But if you stagger your the only the way to kind of counter that is to stagger your units so there's a half inch or whatever difference mm-hmm. in your in your battle line. But then that causes also other alternative pro- problems. All right. Well, um, having having used, heard our opinion, having used fanatics and mm-hmm. or played fanatics and night goblins competitively yeah it they tend to bite you in the rear more often they're fun Mm -hmm. they're silly but they tend to bite you in the rear far more often than they're worth all right and they suck you up huge points that you end up having to put into that parent unit the last unit that i'm going to cover is going to be the forest goblin spider riders those are 13 points piece they have movement seven but they have the fast cavalry rule as well as the wolf riders and they have a very nice couple of other rules as well. They have Forest Rider, which means that they treat all forests as open ground. So they can have ranks in the forest. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it makes them really good as a flanking unit when you thought that that forest was protecting your flank because you can break steadfast with them. The second thing that they have is they can march through buildings as open ground as long as they're unoccupied. So they can actually charge through buildings, which is great. And also they have Obstacle Strider which allows them to charge through any fences or anything like that as if it wasn't there. So if your opponent is using an obstacle as a defensive barrier, well, guess what? Spider Riders don't care. They still get out of their charge bonuses. So those are some little fun rules that I think really add to the character a lot of the book, but also make them a pretty nice utilitarian unit. Yeah, it's unfortunately it's the only real forest goblin unit in the book, so it's yeah, it well, it becomes a stretch to theme a forest goblin list. It can be done, but it's a stretch. I think the Arachnarok could definitely count as a forest. I guess goblin yeah, unit. it is, but it's still it's still a stretch because you really don't have. I mean, you don't have any additional complements. Whereas you'll see later as we go through, like there's a lot of options mm-hmm. to fluff out your theme for your night goblins. There's mm-hmm. a lot of options to fluff out your yes. theme for orcs. There are not a lot of options. There were even more options even at this point for common goblins. Yeah, which which is a little sad for me because I, I really like the forest goblins. I think they have a really fun aspect and a fun nature in the miniatures that they make. And it is kind of disappointing that they didn't include them as an infantry unit in this book. I, I mean, obviously, when you have seven core choices, it's obvious to see why they didn't include them. However, I would have much rather seen common goblins to be replaced by forest goblin miniatures but that's probably just me i know there are people out there who do really like the common goblins themselves so either way now we'll go back a page in the book and Uh cover the better core options i disagree with that so orcs is the best Uh, and the best core is the orc part i disagree with that you can disagree all you want 
it still doesn't change anything. In fact, I even refuse to acknowledge that they exist. So just go on and banter on about your orcs. Well, I mean, you have just base orc boys. Now, I, I will say that this unit, there are things I don't care about the orc boys. Like they're a the little miniatures. Too, they're a little too expensive. Oh, the miniatures are fine. They do suffer a little bit from that aged look because they're the orc boys are as old, if not older, than the common goblin miniatures. I think they're right about the same age. They they rough, roughly re- released that sculpt at about the same time. Mm-hmm. So it is an older sculpt. I know it's been re- repackaged and re-whatever uh, two or three times now. Mm-hmm. Orc boys, particularly when you give them two choppas, with a chopper rule, you get the plus one strength on the first round of combat. So you go from strength three to strength four, which is huge. You can upgrade the normal boys to biggins. That gets some strength four. So now all of a sudden, that first round of combat, you're strength five if you're biggins. Mm-hmm. You give them two choppas. You put them in a big horde. And you've got boatloads of very high strength all of a sudden core infantry attacks. Sure, you're going to die every time something swings at you and you're not very high initiative. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much the case with everything in the orc book. It's going to die when it gets punched in the face. Now, you mentioned two things there uh, that I don't think we've elaborated on. You said biggins, and then also you said that you get plus one strength on when you charge. Are those two special I, I rules? I did say that the chopper rule gave... Yeah, and what is that chopper plus, rule? Gives plus one strength for the first round of combat. And that's for all orcs, right? Not yes. just uh, common. Okay. And I did say the biggins is an upgrade that this unit can have. And any orc unit can take that, right? Not necessarily any orc unit. But like uh, most of the core in the special can, right? No, not necessarily. Okay. There's there's a couple of units that can't. Uh, that's something least... that I think would be really fun for goblins to have. but eh, Why? It would it. make absolutely no sense at all. That would be fun. It would make absolutely no sense for goblins to have it. I didn't say it would make sense. But anyway, why why would puny, squeaky, stomped under the foot goblins ever get something like that? Because sometimes because they're, they're smart and big ones. That doesn't make them bigger. Yeah. Goblins don't get Grown better the because they're... Grown definitely a much bigger goblin. And it, I don't know. Anyway, you, you, don't you, have you keep going on with their orcs. What? There's certainly not whole units of those. He's pretty rare and or dead. Well... Let's point out that Grom the Paunch, the most famous goblin warlord just about possible, Uh is dead. Oh, he disappeared a long time ago. No, they they went and attacked the High Elves and got killed. I thought he sailed away. He's a historical character. He's not a current character. Oh, I know he's not a current character. He doesn't exist in the current Warhammer world. Well, nothing exists in the current Warhammer world. But anyway, moving on. No, but in in the current timeline... Yes. He is he is not exist because he's dead. Although they're kind of doing away with that a little bit with Snagla, one of the special characters, and also with Catilla. They don't actually mention when they actually uh, existed. Those so. were new to this book too. They mm-hmm. I I don't know if they were out previously in any no. kind of mention of fluff. Those were they new. were definitely not. Those are still squishy little goblin characters we don't care about. Yes, I know you don't care about them. So why don't you move on to the orc? I do like boys. my goblins, but. Orcs is better. Oh, so right. orc error boys are one of those units you cannot upgrade to biggins. Oh, fair enough. But they have bows and they have the chopper rule. Mm-hmm. So now I could have a shooty unit. It's ballistic skill shooting, but they're orcs. Yeah, get some kills. Mm-hmm. Whatever. 
It's it's not <laughs> like you're getting lots of kills out of them. You're you're looking for random. You're, you're ultimately going to get into a fight. But if you were going with a defensive army and needed core that had a pretty decent range that could move and fire, all of a sudden here's here's one of your big answers. Goblin Wolfriders? Not big range. No, but they've got they can move really well. So. They can move very quickly and they can get you into position. But then you are as a defensive army. Those wolf riders are then, as soon as they get in range, are very potentially able to be charged. True. So, whereas my orc boys with bows, 24-inch range, I can move up a little bit to get in range if I need to my first turn, and then I can move backwards Mm -hmm. my following turns to back up towards my board edge as my opponent closes in on my army Mm -hmm. until I'm ready to pounce. And that's, it's a little bit. De- I mean, it, it, that that unit definitely goes more into the proper defensive type mindset. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that the points are a little. High, I think a little high on them. I like the points in the previous book for them, and I have a pile of Orc Airboys, unfortunately not painted, but I'd mm-hmm. really like to paint them up at some point and get them on the table. I think that I could build a really cool defensive army with a giant unit of these guys as kind of the center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to say it. Orc Air Boys are something I almost never see on the table. Yeah, Along well, with... they're 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 expensive models if you buy the current ones or yes. metals mm-hmm. or they're okay sculpts. They're mm-hmm. old, but they are expensive. Yeah. So, and Common Goblins again are one of those units that you just almost never see on the table as well. Yeah, that's because they're terrible. <laughs> but then you have the unit that probably you see the most of the Orc core units on mm-hmm. the table. And that's the Savage Orcs. Yep. And that's because everything I said about the Orc Biggins mm-hmm. and the two Choppas, Savage Orcs get that plus Frenzy. So all of a sudden, now your front rank of guys have three attacks, strength five, mm-hmm. first round of combat. And yeah, sure, there's a, a, a magic item in the list called the Shrunken Head. I can put that on the Shaman. And all of a sudden, the unit, instead of having a six up board save, has a five up board save. So. That's a very vicious, very fighty unit, mm-hmm. and most competitive builds that are using orcs are taking a big block, a big horde of these, mm-hmm. because it does punch things in the face very effectively. Yeah, I was looking at the ETC lists that they released, and there's probably 13 orcs and goblins army, and only one of them didn't have a savage orc horde. No. It really is just a very reliable unit, even though it has Frenzy, which is usually something that's a liability. Yeah, you can combine that with Orc Magic to help mitigate some of that. So, And we'll touch on that when we touch characters. All right. The one thing here tactically I like of the Orc Boys and the Orc, and the Savage Orcs is, and something you got to remember is with Orc Boys and Orc Boy Biggins, mm-hmm. I can still flee with that unit. With the Savage Orcs, you can't. So there are times... Where you need to run, or you need to flee, or you know you're doomed. Mm-hmm. You're you know you're going to have to, you're going to be in the on the losing end of the fight, and you'd want to flee. It's a huge that is a tactical option. I personally like running the regular boy biggins. Mm-hmm. There's another distinction here: savage orc biggins. Normally, most biggin units you can take a magic banner with. Mm-hmm. The savage orc biggins you cannot. Yeah. The orc biggins you can so all of a sudden i can combine that maybe with like a razor standard mm-hmm. and which i like to do and now i have strength five orcs with armor piercing that i can flee with if necessary versus savage orcs that 
are there for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to punch things in the face as hard as they can. Yep. And occasionally something punches you harder. <laughs> that can definitely happen. All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead then and flip over to special units. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to start off here with the Night Goblin Squig Herd. So this is a very fun unit. See, you're skipping over the... You skipped over two pages, and uh, wow, we're we're to the third page of the special selections. That's because I want to start with the fun ones. I want to start with the squig herds. Squig herds are really fun little option. So it's a night goblin unit. So you have night goblins in the How unit. How many of these as do well you own, squigs. Paul? I I own one, but I usually use it as a squig hopper unit because I think it's more. It's, you have hoppers and not squig herd. Yeah, but you can put them in there, and I don't think anybody's going to give you crap for it. Just pointing that out, how many actual squig herds do you own? <laughs> I, I could field two, I think. Maybe three if I really but wanted to. But they're hoppers, not herd. I thought we were talking about the Orcs and Goblins Army Book review, not about we, we, my specific... You're, you're like, oh, hey, this is a great unit. Oh, wait a minute, I don't actually own a unit. Well, it is a fun unit. I didn't say it... It's, it's the... Best, it's the best night goblin unit in the book, short of the uh, Mangler Squig. Okay, I, full standard ranked infantry unit. It is the best goblin unit in the book. Now it does have immune psychology, which is great. However, it's it still does have animosity, which is a little annoying. You do have the two strength five attacks from the Squigs, which is really really nice. Something that a night goblin army just doesn't have the punch for, or an all goblin army just doesn't have that kind of strength to it something you really have to move to orcs to be able to mitigate. The only liability that you have with the Night Goblin Squig Herd actually is a very good bonus as well, is that if you manage to get all the herders killed before the end of the round of combat and there are only squigs left, the squigs will explode. Well, the the herders should almost never get always get killed because you can you can this is a mixed unit. So mm -hmm. you can put the herders in the back ranks where they're the attacks at them are always mitigated. The worst you give up is, oh, hey, I got flanked. Well, you mm -hmm. can get maybe three or four guys swinging at me. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to ever lose them. Most of the time, you'll lose, if you're going to lose them, you lose them to shooting. Yeah. That explosion, 2d6 inches, d6 strength 5 hits, correct? Plus one for, for every rank full of rank of squigs. squigs. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty potent little hit, almost as nice as the... 1d6, strength 5, 2d6 for stopping on a fanatic as well. I know a lot of people love taking these squigs in hordes mm -hmm. because then, you know, I mean, on top of that, you get the horde rule. And again, you, especially a unit that big, it's almost it's near impossible to lose all your herders. I personally like to take squigs in little blocks of 20 or 25. That way I can use them as just basically little directed bombs. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can throw them into a unit. I don't have to work. I have enough herders. I Maybe I have... 15 squigs, 10 herders is a real common configuration for me. I can throw this into a unit. It does a bunch of damage. It's 150 points. It's not like the end of the world if I lose it. Then when I does when I hit something, I get the squig damage, and then I turn around. If I break from combat, it also explodes. Mm -hmm. So then, oh, hey, I take my break check at leader 5. It explodes. Everything within 2d6. This is one of my deals where if I had like stray fanatics that were in the way or whatever, mm -hmm. hey, it explodes, it takes care of them, I get rid of them out of the way, so I'm not worried about having them come back into me as well. So it's it's really nice diverse unit. It's immune to psych, so you're safe to run it on the flank. One of the things that orcs and goblins have a problem with is they have to 
everything isn't very high leadership, so you have to kind of stay within that leadership bubble. Here's a unit all of a sudden you can put way out to the flank. It doesn't have to worry. You don't have to worry about keeping it in your leadership bubble. So lots of positives for this unit. All right. Next unit in the list that I'm going to go with is the Night Goblins Quig Hoppers. This is more of a fluff choice for sure. They're 12 points apiece. They have random movement. They're still immune to psychology, but they still suffer from animosity. So it's basically a squig with a night goblin on top of it. So each model has three attacks. But since it's a cavalry model, if you have it in horde formation, you only get the attacks from the night goblins themselves in the second and third rank. And they are obviously the worst fighters. You can do kind of a little fun thing where you put two, one or two Night Goblin characters on a giant squig in the unit, and then that allows them to re-roll. I apologize, 3d6 random movement. It's something that is really, really fun and I thought would work really, really well, but it just doesn't work all that well. When proof comes to pudding, <laughs> when he actually puts it on the table and didn't listen to me, he realized once he got explained the rules that it stunk. Yeah, these guys are bad right now. And I really, that sucks because they're one of the coolest, I think, miniatures units. Mm-hmm. But they, for the points, you're paying so many points to take so few models, and they generally don't do anything, mm-hmm. especially now that things swing in initiative. They're still only toughness three. Yep. So they die like a flies. They're initiative three. So used to be you could these were pretty good because if you killed things they wouldn't get swings back so if you bounced into something you bounced into something you would count as charging you'd kill them mm-hmm. they wouldn't get the swing back at you and then in future rounds initiative 3 might be good enough to get your attacks in now it's you don't get that at all it's okay i if i get there Oh, hey, look, I charged you. Well, look, you're initiative four. Well, you kill me pretty well dead before I even get to swing if I'm a smaller unit. If I'm a huge unit like Paul likes to run, Mm -hmm. it tends to, and it's a fun unit. It's kind of hilarious to watch it, (laughs) but it tends to, okay, I got into it. I got into combat. You killed a bunch of me. I now, you know, you now get watched a bunch of them get killed or simultaneously. You know, the best thing for them is, oh, hey, you're initiative three or two, but you still die a bunch. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything in the Orcs and Goblins book, pretty much, you get into combat. You're generally the fightier things, the things with better strength, will kill a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. if given the opportunity to swing. And then they die a bunch. Yeah. And this is a classic case of that. And, unfortunately, at 12 points a pop, they're just too expensive to be any to be really effective well they're too expensive to be any good in a ranked formation because you can't afford anything close to a horde that will actually get a decent amount of attacks from them but they're also not good as a small unit of say five or six that's going around on the edges because you have the wolf riders and the forest goblin spider riders in there that do a much much better job of really going after small war machines and that kind of stuff well, they're too slow in, in reality, too. 3D6 movement is slower Sounds than, good. <laughs> it's much slower than the than the alternative choices. Mm-hmm. And for the points, even a five- or six-man unit, it's a lot of points for not a lot of For no predictability, yeah. So definitely going to be left at home. All right, next thing I'm going to go with is the Goblin Spear Chaka. So that's just a bolt door, 35 points. It's not... It's bad. Nah, it's not good. <laughs> it's and bad. And you can misfire on it. That's the most ridiculous thing, I think. They put in the rules that if you roll a 1 it's when you're shooting, so it does its own wounds or something. It's so Stupid, rickety so. that it can misfire. And 
take care of itself, which is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 435 points. It's a, And it's Ballistic Skill 3, so you're hitting almost, you know, yeah, sure, I got a 48-inch range, but I'm hitting almost anything I shoot it at. I'm going to be hitting on fives, mm-hmm. maybe sixes. It, I don't hit consistently with it. I don't get consistent damage with it. It's, yay, it pierces ranks. Now, maybe, just maybe, with the advent of seeing more and more monsters on the table. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's, oh, hey, I hit that monster a third of the time because it's long range a third of the time. And then that monster's got toughness five or six, so I'm only wounding it on, you know, threes or fours. So maybe I hit it a third of the time, and then I wound a third of the time, and then I only do D3 wounds. Mm-hmm. It's very inconsistent, and it's there are much better rare war machines to take for dealing with those same things so yeah i agree it's it's still cool to you know if i was going a very shooty list it's still cool at some point i need more war machines or i need more shooty Mm -hmm. it definitely gives me that and it gives me more potential threat and when you in just like almost anything in eighth Mm -hmm. the more you put on the table the generally the better results you're going to get out of it so yeah sure if i put a bunch of goblin bolt throwers on the table which you can put up to six because they count as one, two yeah, of them yeah, count as one special six. choice. Yep, you're right. And that's, I mean, I think that to me is really the key thing about the, the bolt thrower is that, yeah, it'll only hit one third of the time. Yeah, it'll only wound half to a third of the time. But because you're able to field two of them for one of a stone thrower or a doom diver, you have a better than average chance of actually hitting with one of the two of them. You just can't rely on one to do they, anything. They they suffer the same problem most bolt throwers they'll have in eighth ed, and that's that the units are so big mm-hmm. that the little bit of damage they're scratching on the on units themselves isn't really that much. Yeah. If you shoot them at monsters, they're rel- relatively ineffectual because they can't hit consistently enough and or wound consistently enough. So there's there's a lot of drawbacks to them, but yes, more the merrier. If you're going to take bolt throwers, we definitely recommend you take two. I'd take four if I was going to take them. Mm-hmm. That's just the the way it's going to be. All right, next thing on the list that I'm going to talk about is going to be the Goblin Wolf Chariot. So this is a nice little addition. This thing's amazing. Mm-hmm. Fifty points a pop, which yeah. is great for strength. A chariot for five. fifty points a pop is amazing. You know, at a special slot, you can put three of them on the field. They're quick, easy deployments. Mm-hmm. You can throw them away as one of the things that Orcs and Goblins excels at is they have so many chaff units, so many mm-hmm. chaff deployments that you can really feel out where your opponent's putting stuff mm-hmm. with your your kind of throwaway deployments before you ever put your big blocks down. So you can try to get those matchups that you're looking for mm-hmm. based on field positioning. Well, you can actually put nine chariots on the table with your special choices because you can field units them of in units of one three, to three. And that's not good. I think it's fun. Uh, I, fun. I don't know if I've played it enough to be able to say whether or not it's good. But, I mean, 3d6 plus one impact hits per chariot. So 3d6 plus three, strength five. That's nothing to sneeze at. And you get that into an ongoing combat, that could easily swing a combat for you. It, it could, but and it's... And for 150 points, I I'll mean, there's really base. nothing else in the game that can do that. Well, there are several things that could probably do that, but, <laughs> I mean, 175, you got a you got a Hydra that's far better. Yeah, broken. 200 points, there's there's quite, there's quite a few monsters. A Hellcan at 200 points, mm-hmm. much better choice. At 150 points, there's better choices in the book at 150 points and three chariots, I think. All right. Squig Herd, 150 points. 15 squigs, 10 goblins mm-hmm. does more consistent damage than, than three chariots. 
but single chariots, even a pair of chariots isn't horrible, but single chariots are nice throwaway deployments that you can then, they're still good enough, they're still a chariot, so you're still good enough to be able to charge them into things to support those combats. Mm-hmm. And they're good enough to get in the way. you got to remember, chariots are really not that fast. Even though these are move nine chariots, they're not that fast. They're not any faster than your infantry. They charge a little more consistently than your infantry, but they're not any faster than the infantry. So tend to be the chariots are really good infantry supports. Yep. All right, well, that's all I care about in the special section. Hmm. Well... Let's let's get the one that was in those pages on that page that you flipped over, and that's snotlings. Mm-hmm. Okay, snotlings are bad. They're fun. <laughs> they're, they're, I don't even know that they're fun. They're just bad. I've fielded them quite a few times when the book first came out, and trying to make trying to see if they could do something, and they were just horrible. They're tough too, strength two, strength everything's pretty much twos. Yep. And they're a swarm, so they suffer from the crumble effectively. Yep. They got yeah. exploding spores, which is kind of fun. Strength two, no armor save. Eh. Per base. Yeah, I know. That's not that good. <laughs> it's fun. Not, I don't even good. call it fun because most of the things you're fighting against is infantry, so it's like, oh I rolled some dice and nothing happened. Um yeah, so well there you go. That's not links. And yeah, they, they, also, there's, a, there's a whole lot of nothing happened with the snotlings. I mean, you can't even speed bump them. Mm-hmm. And for 30 points of base, they're just, yeah. They they suffer the same problem every swarm in the game has. I really think, honestly, they need to take the crumble rule away from swarms. They do that, and then swarms at least have some viability. Mm-hmm. At least then, if somehow your swarm lives, it doesn't break. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! It did something right now. It can hold something. Yeah. Right now, with everything having so many attacks. Oh, hey, I lost combat by eight. Well, too okay. bad. And that's eight common. Mm-hmm. That's common with swarms. The last thing that is on that page, though, is the trolls as well. Oh, yeah, there's trolls over there, too. Yep. So we'll catch them. Trolls are awesome. They're fun. It's a great special shot slot. Uh, they're stupid, which is annoying. It's it's annoying, but at the same time, it's kind of they do need to be inside your leadership bubble. Mm-hmm. They love to be inside that leadership BSB bubble because then all of a sudden they're fairly consistent. But they're again, here's a thirty-five point. You can take a unit of one, mm-hmm. so you can easily take three of them as individual chaff deployments and still have a regenerating troll. That's great for getting in the way of things. Very small frontage, very maneuverable. Mm-hmm. Can get into those combats and consistently support round after round after round. Something like the Goblin Chariot really can't do. It only supports that round it charges. Yep. Regeneration is one of those things that some days you just get on a roll and you make all your regeneration checks. And some days it just goes right down the tubes. <laughs> so it tends to mean that your opponent tends to throw... Because of that, they have that in their mentality. They tend to throw things that are a little overkill just to make sure they get rid of the thrills. So it's it you know you can get some situations set up with them. Of course, then you can take bigger units of trolls too. And big units of trolls have all sorts of good things too. I mean, you could take a giant bunker of trolls. They're not they're it, not too expensive. To be no, able they're to not bad. Them. At thirty five points a pop, I can take a I can take a unit of say six of them, get a rank, and have a giant unit of regenerating awesomeness. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really strong unit in both those respects. It's great in the special slot. You can take lots of them. You could really there's another fluff angle. We keep talking about all the positives you can do for the fluff angle mm-hmm. between those and then the rare options for troll for the 
upgraded trolls, mm-hmm. you have a lot of options. You could really fluff out a list with a strong special and rare troll selections. Definitely. Then we get into the best part of the special. I disagree. Because Auxes is the best. Whatever. Aux is the best. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Aux is the best. So you want to actually you know, mention which unit you're talking about here? All of them. They're all the best. <sighs> all right. Let's go ahead and hit the, the basic orc board chariot, though. It's a chariot. It's got orcs. Yep. That makes it good. <laughs> it really doesn't. It's a chariot. I, I generally, at 85 points, this is a decent chariot, mm-hmm. but it's not, it, it's a chariot. It's, it's no it's goblin got chariot. One, it's got one round of effectiveness, and for 85 points, it's not that much more effective. It's still strength five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, it's tough five, and it's four wounds, so it'll survive better than the goblin chariot. Yeah, it's got one more wound and one more armor save. So. One more toughness, One more, and it's a tough point better, too. Oh, you're right. So it is it is much harder to kill for the 35 more points, but you're really looking for it to come in and do that supporting damage like you're supporting a goblin unit maybe that's really got, you know, that's going to bust somebody steadfast. So all you really mm-hmm. need, need to do is go in and win combat by three or four points. Well, that chariot's a great support tool. Here, you tend to have hordes with orcs. If you're taking an orc chariot, it doesn't really support those hordes as well. It's harder to get it in to support mm-hmm. those combats. It doesn't break, you know, you don't have the breaking of steadfast like you do with the goblins. Yep. It's not as good of a support tool for the orcs. It still can support those goblin units the same way. It's like maybe it might be even it could be argued a better support tool than the goblin chariot by itself. But for the points break, almost every day I take a goblin chariot over an orc one. Yeah, I mean, taking an orc chariot is a fluff choice if you want to take an all orc list, and I think that works fine. But um, it fits in like an or- the orc cavalry themed lists too. But again, I-, I think of the two chariots. I'll give you the goblin chariot is a better points buy. Yeah, the black orcs. Mm-hmm. Then these are your biggest, beefiest orcs. Again, no upgrade to biggin. There's no option. These are just big, huge orcs to begin with. Yeah, they're crazy. They have one of the best rules in Eighth Ed Warhammer, mm-hmm. and that being the arm to Datif rule. Yep. So basically, every round of combat, they can choose to either fight hand weapon shield, two choppas, or two hand weapons, or a great weapon. Mm-hmm. And all of these weapons, again, also benefit their orcs, so they benefit from the chopper rule. That first round of combat, they're plus one strength. Mm-hmm. So you have the same, that same goodness of like having biggins when you're core. Now all of a sudden I have a special unit that I can have it. They're immune to psychs. They're very reliable. You can get them out on a flank. And not, they're one of those few, another one of those few units you can get them out on the flank, and they're leadership independent. They don't necessarily need to be in that leadership bubble to still be good. Well, they're a little pointy, mm-hmm. but they're very fighty. And it's certainly like a, a Grimgore led list. They're very fluffy because Grimgore is the biggest black orc of them all. Mm-hmm. And his unit of black orcs in particular are freaking amazing. Well, and the other thing about the black orcs is that they do not suffer from animosity. They're the only ranked unit in the Orcs and Goblins book that does not. That is also true. So that's a nice thing to make them a little bit more reliable. And even if something next to them suffers a bad animosity role, they're not going to be able to be taken out because of that. True. That's that's really, really nice to have that kind of an anchor in a competitive Orcs and Goblins list. Like I said, the ETC, I saw a lot of Black Orcs, <laughs> Black Orc units yeah. in those lists. I, I can imagine. 
They're they're a very fighty list. I love taking my black orcs. Mm-hmm. Love taking them when I can take a special character to a tournament. I love taking the Grimgore led black orcs. So it's just a beefy unit, and I can take a unit that's smaller than two. I can take my black orcs. I only have twenty five of them painted right now because it was back in that previous edition mentality. I haven't painted up any more since. Mm-hmm. And so being able to take a smaller unit that's still hugely effective in most games yeah. is really nice. All right. We've got Orc Boar Boys. Mm-hmm. These guys are okay. They're, They're fun n- models. I really like their models a lot. The Elf Boars are interesting, but other than that, you're, <laughs> they're decent. The The big problem is I don't think they're a little bit overpriced still. They did come down in price from the previous book, mm-hmm. but they're still overpriced for what they do in, in 8th Ed Warhammer. The mm-hmm. fact that I've got to pay for things like spears and shields on these units really all of a sudden you 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 go look at it and you go oh well it's 16 points a pop that's not a big deal no then you go oh wait by the time i upgrade them to get them where they need to be there's 20 points 20 points a pop and then that's i'm like oh and then you look at the wolf riders and you're like wait who i can get two wolf riders for this and what is what am i really going to be using the board boys for i mean they're they're far more maneuverable than your infantry list. So, and they're, the armor save's not much better than a wolf rider. No, either. you can get a four plus armor save and fast cav on the wolf rider. So they get their first, their full twelve inch move to begin with, and then eighteen inches. So they can get thirty inches across the board in turn one. And with these orc boar boys, they only have movement seven. So at most they can do fourteen. So half the range. They do for hit, twice the points. They do hit considerably harder mm-hmm. but then they're also initiative too so guess exactly. what you're going to be swung at by most things before you get the swing mm-hmm. you don't have a great armor save and they're so expensive that even losing one of them is just like oh my goodness it's a rough unit but it's a great place to put like an orc warlord mm-hmm. if you run it uh, i can i can see taking a big unit of these and throwing like an orc warlord and bsb in and just pushing it up the center being using it for that kind of delivery tool but Otherwise, they're just not quite where they should be, and I mean, you don't see them on the table yeah. very often, unfortunately, because of that. Well, and you can only get a four plus armor save on them too, so that's well, you, not. That you get helpful. the shield, so it's a, it's a three up. Well, the the boar has a five plus armor to begin boar with. Boar is a five up. I apologize. So, all right, so three plus. So not not as bad as I thought. You go to the savage orc boar boys. Now these are considerably better, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because. The Frenzy gives them, even though they're still spendy, they're still 18 points a pop, but the Frenzy, that gives you that extra swing, which means those, yeah, sure, I'm going to lose a bunch of Savage Orcs because they don't have a lot of armor. They do have, I mean, they're still mounted save. They're still the board mounted save. Mm-hmm. They're still they're still Savage Orcs, so they get the six-up board save for being a Savage Orc. Yep. But they're just so much hideous than the other unit than the than the normal boar boys because i can lose three or four savage or boar boys and still get a lot of hideousness out of that one unit well and of course they can also take two hand weapons that is while on boar back it does make their dangerous terrain checks worse though mm-hmm. because it's and they're but they are one of the few cav units that can take two hand weapons so, so you've got you know each model could effectively have three attacks a pop in the first round of combat so you lose you lose two say you go into combat with a unit of five you lose two that's still nine attacks at strength five or at strength four back Mm -hmm. and of course both of these both board boy units can be upgraded to biggins 
So then all of a sudden you're getting up to strength five attacks. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend, you only have one upgraded unit of orcs to biggins. Mm-hmm. I would never put it on my cavalry, yeah. but it's definitely an option. Yeah. All right. I think we beat up all of the special slots. Correct. I think we're going to go ahead and we'll let you guys take a break and we'll cut a break. And, and when we come back, we'll finish up the rare selections. We'll move into characters, talk about their magic phase. And the two different spell lords that are available to them. And mm-hmm. we'll uh, come back to you just after this. Yes. Yes, my precious. My precious. Your precious what? My precious everything. My Warhammer, my 40K, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic cards. You can find them all at Misty Mountain Gaming. Really? Yeah, Misty Mountain Gaming, located on Cottage Grove Road in Madison, Wisconsin. They have pretty much everything you can imagine for gaming in Madison. Okay, so if I just run down to Misty, I can pick up all sorts of good stuff? Oh yeah, board games, everything. And I hear they have the largest gaming space in Madison, too. So if I need to run an event there, I could get all the space I need, huh? Oh yeah, Misty Mountain Games on Cottage Grove Road. Alright, well I think I'll jet out to Misty right about now. Sounds good. Okay, so moving on to rare choices. Yay! Yay! Now we're going to listen to a bunch of boring goblin choices. Although, honestly, they're not really boring. The orcs are so good that they're just not rare. There's no real orc rare choices. Either that or they're so boring. There's just no rare orcs. They're just all far too common and predictable. So, first one is going to be the Goblin Rocklaba. Or they just don't have to resort to tricks or <laughs> sneaky silliness or, yes. or, a mon- or pushing I, around monsters I to apologize get the job done. I apologize for insulting the integrity of orcs by saying that they would sink so low as to play tricks on other people. So the Goblin Rocklaba is a stone thrower. Yeah, that, I mean, it's 85 points. Not much it's else to say thrower. about it. It's, it's a stone thrower. It, you, it's, it's a... Cons- it's as consistent as you'd get as a stone thrower. So if you're going to take one, take two. Yep. Uh, you can add an orc bully for 10 points. Give him an extra point of leadership. Meh. It's an extra wound, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a big deal. And he's an extra punchy in combat. Yes, because you rely on your war machines in combat. It's enough of a, th- you know, four wound war machines enough that you got to throw just a little bit more at it. That five unit of fast ca- five man unit of fast cav all of a sudden might not be enough to get the job done. Mm-hmm. No, really what I would put an orc bully on there if I was going to uh, is because he gives them the size matters rule, which means that they're not going to panic from goblin units running through him. That would be a big deal. I, I would put it on there for that. They don't have to do a panic test when goblin units panic. So, But meh, neither here nor there. So we're going to move on to the Doom Diver Catapult. This is awesome. It is. It is so much fun. I think I'm going to end up having six Doom Divers when I get done with all my armies. It's just, it's a, basically fires as a stone thrower, but then you get to redirect your point by six inches, by D6 inches. So you well, it's fire not a point. It's, it's your, a base, your, your base of your Doom the Diver. The flying base. Mm-hmm. Is the it's marker so you fire it? Yep. Quite fire like a stone thrower. You still scatter and roll the artillery like a stone thrower. Yep. 
but it's the instead of a three inch template, it's the flying base, mm-hmm. and then you have if you decide to scatter it back, mm-hmm. you have to scatter it the number of inches you roll. Correct, and uh, so that actually makes it pretty fun uh, because when it hits, it does d six strength five. No armor save. No armor save. Which is one of the few War Machines that still does that. Exactly. So, Chaos Knights, Empire Knights, Demigriffs, Mornfang. Cold One Knights. All kinds of... Yeah, that's right. Cold One Knights. It's amazing for taking out units that nothing else really is able to do reliably. Well, Any magic... Even dropping it on infantry units isn't bad. You're, yep. still, you're still doing what your spear chuckers would hope to do against an infantry unit, but you're doing it for an 80-point choice. It's, yeah. very, it's fairly accurate. Mm-hmm. It's very consistent in damage. Yep. It generally is it's a really good, and it's a big threat, especially on those high-armor-type targets. Exactly. Uh, and because there's usually only one or two of those in any list, you can usually get take care of them before the enemy can get to you to take out the war machine which is great uh there it's it's one of the probably most reliable things that you can have in the orcs and goblins list it, it's incredible yeah and it's great for taking out those units of whatever it is that are trying to take it out second one third one excuse me moving on the snotling pump wagon this is kind of a fun little choice i love my pump wagon i wish i had two of them done up yeah <laughs> I have a second one. It's but. it's really. I have two. I just don't have the second one painted up. So it moves as a chariot, but it has two d six movement. So it's not going to be stuck to its base movement, which is nice. Well, it's nice because your opponent can't declare charge reactions against it. Mm-hmm. It can. It's base two d six, but it can pump faster for an extra d six. Yep. And it does two d six impact hits when it hits things, not just a d six plus maybe sky or something like that. Yep. So when it does manage to run into something, it's lots of damage. Mm-hmm. At 45 points, it's an incredibly in, inexpensive, cheap, another one of those cheap chaff throwaway choice. chaff <laughs> deployments. Mm-hmm. You can put things like extra strength to make those impacts harder. You can throw things like flappas so it, it can ignore dangerous terrain. You can make it no armor saves. There's mm-hmm. lots of things that you can do with it yeah. to upgrade it. You want to be careful, though, because... Because it's a random movement thing, you can't always guarantee you're going to be charging with it. And a lot of times I find that I end up not charging with a pump wagon. It's such a threat for a lot of players that they will single it out and just kill it before you ever get to really do anything. If they get an I've had a lot of people that they'll just pounce on it Mm -hmm. to take care of it before it gets a chance to do anything, to bounce into them. Well, and rather than, and and I've seen them to the point where they'll leave themselves exposed to infantry blocks. Mm hmm. Just to take care of that pump wagon because it can't. It has that potential to be such a huge threat. Well, and you can take four of them, even yeah, though it's a rare choice, which is really also nice really, well. really nice. So, and next one we got the Arachnarok Spider, two hundred ninety points. It's a lot gorgeous of gorgeous model. It's so cool model. I own one. Pretty. I own one in, in the standard. <laughs> in this, in the more standard orcs and goblins diversified list it's mm-hmm. really not that good it's too many points for too little do yeah you don't you didn't see a single one of these in the etc list there's it's 290 points it does have eight wounds so it's not going to be taken out by a single cannon shot but you're never going to really have just one turn of shooting against you so 
Well, I mean, it is fairly fast. It moves seven. It can march fourteen, and it does. It can have be the, in your grill on turn two, and it does have the basic spider rider rules as well, where it can move through buildings as if it were open ground. It has forest rider and it has obstacle strider as well. So it's got a lot of flexibility for coming at you from things that you can't defend against, which is nice. It is. It's a huge pile of points, mm-hmm. and like I said, it doesn't work well even in the like all goblin army. It doesn't work well until you put two on mm-hmm. the table. Yep, and that requires if you're especially if you're taking them from the rare slot and mm-hmm. not as a character mount. 2,400 That points. requires a lot of points to be able to field them. And then you get, uh, just like I mean, most things in 8th Ad, you take the more the merrier. The more you take of of a single thing, the chances are the more effective, especially something like this. Mm-hmm. It certainly is very effective in your Forest Goblin list when you have three of them on the table mm-hmm. because it's pretty easy for most folks to deal with one. Yep. Two then is going to be two stretching is it. stretching what you usually have tools for, and then three, three means you can put two like, on okay. one flank, and that's your solid flank. And then the third one is just like, okay, you have to deal with this. <laughs> I mean, one of the nice things about them is that they are immunopsychology, so you can flee through them, and also they do not have animosity, which is wow. nice. Even though they have more than five goblins on them, and it, almost everything else in the list that has five or more goblins has animosity, you don't have to, which is pretty cool it's basically counts as a model so exactly and you've got this little fun thing called venom surge so it's spider so it's got poison attacks venom surge is a special attack that if it wounds it does d6 wounds instead of one which is nice for the monster character killing aspect Mm -hmm. especially now that we're seeing more and more big monsters that becomes just that much better yeah and since you've got eight attacks the potential to be able to do 13 wounds is pretty fun. It's got a lot of potential damage it could be doing, but it is a lot, a lot of points. It is. It's it's really pushing, like I said, in the diversified list or if the in the list where you're taking one, mm-hmm. chances are in more games than not, you're going to be disappointed, I think, with the overall result. It still wasn't bad. I played around with it a lot in that diversified list. Mm-hmm. But for a giant expensive model that I basically need to buy two of and then can only take it 2,400 or larger point games, mm-hmm. it really wasn't that good. All right. Next rare choice, the Mangler Squigs. <laughs> My God. Probably the <laughs> best rare thing that the Night Goblins could have. Oh, yeah. And it's near, if not on par, better than the Squig Herd. Oh, yeah. I would I would say it's a little bit better it because tends, it's only 65 it gets, points. It gets a ton of attention where the Squig yes. Herd, like if you put two Squig Herds and two Manglers on the, on the table, the Squig Herds get ignored and the Manglers will get every bit of attention. Mm-hmm. Which they, they deserve. They scare people. Yeah, 3D6 strength 6 hits. Well, it should scare people. It's only 2d6 I'm sorry. And when it hits units. Yeah. It's when it gets landed upon yep. or touched as part of your opponent's movement. It's 3d6, So you mean yeah. you that you do the 3d6 and lose it. But a lot of people, there's enough cheap chaffy stuff. You're seeing a lot of chaff on the table nowadays. There's a lot of chaff, and that chaff tends to be used to get rid of this stuff, or you tend to see it get, get it shot or magic missiled. Yeah, um, it almost never makes it to your opponent's line, which but is, it does make sure that everything else doesn't get shot until it, those are dead. It does tend to take some attention away from the rest of your line, yeah. and it and it's a great chaffy 
type selection. I certainly yeah, for sixty five points. <laughs> but I mean, and, and it's it's one of those things that unless you're unless the ogre player you're playing against uh-huh. has a bunch of saber tusks, which I honestly don't see that often. Nope. Even though I I think I would. Mm-hmm. Ogres hate these things because then there's no answer in the ogre army for dealing with them. You got cannons. <laughs> yeah, you got to hope it. that they hit. You hope they hit, and if yeah. they don't, it's bye bye, Ord. Not that the ogre cannons aren't great, but you know that's whatever. I'll take those cannon hits away from my doom divers that are landing on Mornfang and away from uh, mm-hmm. you know the other selections. So it's yeah, they're they're really good. Yep. All right, and then we're going to be moving on to the more traditional orcs and goblins rare choices, the stone trolls. The stone and river trolls. Stone trolls yep. are are decent. I'm not sure what really is super special about the stone troll that makes it more points. Regen's a stone troll. I, I, I really don't know. I never feel the things. <laughs> I know they're more points for some strange reason. I think they come with an armor save. I think that's the, the big thing and whatever i don't really care about an armor save with them the troll of the two rare choices that you should take are the river trolls Mm -hmm. river trolls are where the stone trolls are and i I really i don't even know what the special rule does the river troll basically makes it minus one to hit them when you're in combat which is amazing because then you know anytime you're modifying your opponent's dice roll to hit you that's just huge bonuses. Yeah, sure, I might be weapon skills three. They're the same profile as a normal troll. I now not only are you hitting me less often, mm-hmm. but than you should, where than you would against a normal troll. But I'm also regening the wounds that you hit me with. So I stick around longer. It's a great, great, great unit. Wish Plus, I owned some. The models are beautiful. Yeah, I really uh, do wish I owned some. <laughs> Those are pretty pretty. All right, and the last choice in the rare section is the giant. The giant? Yes. This guy is actually starting, I think, to see a resurgence as mm-hmm. much as... Uh, People say they hate them. They're yeah. definitely showing up on the tables again. I think uh, you're starting to see a, a few players that are taking two of them in lists, mm-hmm. and two giants tend to have... I mean, again, we go into that. You take more of something, and if it's halfway decent, it's all of a sudden you take multiples. It's... Turns from halfway decent to amazing. Mm-hmm. And, again, we're seeing more and more big monsters on the table. Giants are very effective at smashing big monsters. Mm-hmm. The rolls on the big ends. In getting them even into infantry units, you have units that are capable of thunder-stomping infantry. There's a significant number of wounds. There are decent toughness. You get them into a strength three infantry unit, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know that giant might stick for three, four rounds of combat before mm-hmm. it might finally fall. And three, four rounds of combat, especially if you get a jump up or uh, yeah, jump up and down, and you don't fall over, you that's two d six hits, and then you turn around and thunder stomp it. You know, three d six strength six hits on a unit. That's gonna you be. Get a, Leaving a mark. A couple of those. And once a giant starts jumping up and down... He just keeps jumping he, he up and down. He just keeps trying to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, plus, you can give him the six-plus ward save with the war paint. Which yeah, is pretty nice. that's not worth it. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We don't really, don't really need to go there too much. All right. Well, let's move on to the hero choices. And we've got some boring orc stuff at the beginning. So I'm just going to move on to the Goblin Big Boss. 35 points, three attacks, two wounds... Terrible. Strength four. Cheap. Terrible. Cheap. 
terrible. He's a magic item delivery character. He's terrible. <laughs> I think Ben thinks he's terrible. Here's the here's the thing. I can take a character and put some magic items on him or just take him base and give him a great weapon. Uh-huh. Or, for the same points, I can buy a, high, uh, a large number of different chaff things like pump wagons, mm-hmm. like the goblin chariots that are far more effective than this character. So, given the choice, hmm, 35 to 50 point character or a pump wagon or a chariot i'll take the pump wagon or chariot it's an extra deployment and just just as effective in combat you can make him battle standard bear which is nice and give him the poison banner which is also pretty nice on a common goblin one yes yep uh night goblin big boss there 30 points piece yeah Yeah. he suffers all the problems except he's even worse in leadership exactly and you got the goblin shaman which is eh, fine 55 points Really he's, cheap. He's he's a cheap shaman. You get a level two, mm-hmm. and you don't of the of the two goblin and the night goblin shamans. Uh-huh. The goblin shaman, you don't necessarily run the risk of killing yourself mm-hmm. with the extra mushroom dice like the night goblin shaman yeah. does. Yeah. The night goblin shaman gets the bonus of a mushroom dice, mm-hmm. which he has to throw. There's no option. You have to throw it if you roll one on it. Your spell auto fails, mm-hmm. broken concentration, and you potentially take a wound. Yep, but you do get to add. If it's not a one, you get to, you add, to add it to, it to the dice roll. So it does, which is nice. It's nice, but you have a. I mean, there's there's enough times where well, that you, fails you the phase. That fails you you a spell that you all of a sudden I threw three dice or four dice into. Well, but it also you can throw one dice at a spell, and with the sneaky stabbing thing. Or that the sneaky stealing lore attribute that works out pretty well, being able to get out those small spells. And if you're throwing two dice, usually if you roll two dice on that, okay, well you got broken concentration. But if you're rolling one for that mushroom dice, you're going to have broken concentration anyway. So since we're talking goblin shamans, yep. let's go ahead and just do a quick flip, flip, flip page. We're going to do a quick go over of the goblin lore. Yep, the little wa, which is. I don't know that there's that many spells in the lore that you can just single dice with the mushroom dice and hope to get off. There's a well, you couple. Don't, you don't. Sing, you can't single dice with just the mushroom dice. You have to throw a no, dice. You have at to the throw spell. a dice plus the mushroom dice. Yeah. Is what I, well, you can get sneaky stabbing off on a six plus that gives you um, armor piercing, and, which is okay. Yeah. It, Anything to help take off armor for goblins works pretty well. Yeah, there's the whole I have to hit you with weapon skill too, though. Yeah. Uh, Vindictive Glare and a 5+, 2d6 strength 3 hits, range of 24, so that's not bad. It's okay. Um, Gift of the Spider God and an 8+, that gives the unit poison. That's That's pretty nice. That's risky, though, on on a single dice to try to get off. Well, with two dice, you're rolling two dice. dice Dice plus a... Plus caster value... Plus the mushroom dice. Which, a level two caster... So on average, uh, if you're pulling threes, you've got an eight. Yeah, it's still... I I, mean, I don't know. There's a chance of it not going off, but if you've only got a level one or a level two, you've only got one or two spells anyway. It's it's a little bit less than 50% chance to go off, but that's that's still risky. Um, Itchy Nuisance is the same with an eight plus. Yeah, that spell is too amazing to throw with a single dice. And Gorkle Fix It also on an eight plus as well, so that allows you to reroll hit wound and armor. So, but you do you can potentially throw it at five spells out of the list. 
And being able to draw out those Dispel Dice and even steal them with that lore attribute, which if you roll a 5+, plus, you get to steal their Dispel Dice, that's pretty fun. And it makes your opponent think twice about not dispelling a spell that wouldn't normally have any concern for them whatsoever. Hmm, I don't know. There's only, I, I don't know, there, all, all the spells we talked about here, you got, okay, you got you got armor piercing, mm-hmm. poison. Yeah, it's goblins, I don't really care about the poison, that could be a concern, but it's probably not that big a deal. The magic missile, okay, yeah. that's a little bit of a threat, depending on what you're targeting. Mm-hmm. Itchy nuisance is huge. Yep. Because... You roll the D3, the target immediately it's reduces its... I'm sorry, D6. It's movement and initiative by this number, which is great. That is, I mean, that is really good. Mm-hmm. Gorkle fix, it's really good because it forces them to re-roll sixes on most checks. Yep, to hit, to wound an armor save. And... Then you go to Night Shroud, which is absolutely pointless as a spell. Nine plus, eh, dangerous terrain test if they charge you. It's not pointless. Which is blah, almost. It's yeah, it's just not that good. It's not amazing, no. But it's, it's horrible. One sixth of the models die on a charge against something that's not going to have a whole lot of staying power. That's not horrible. It definitely helps to mitigate a yeah, large unit charging you. It's still bad. All right. And then you have Curse of the Bad Moon, which is the only real threat spell in the lore. And it's only a real threat spell to infantry. Not a real threat to monsters to infantry or monsters, anything like that. But it does... It's still a a decent threat to them. Well, it only does one wound. It doesn't kill the whole model, like a purple sun or something like that. It's still a template. You're still going to hit a Mm -hmm. bunch of models. Yeah, it's, it's not as effective as purple sun but against those models. But it's still... You'll still dish out... You know, like, I'll, you know, throw this and you get initiative uh, against an ogre horde. Mm-hmm. You're going to pop a couple ogres. Yeah. Uh, last time I did it, it was three, I think. So that was that worked pretty well. And you can change it. Uh, so you roll randomly for the small one, which is 15 plus, And that's one to two strength, three to four toughness, five to six initiative. Or you can go for 25 and you get to choose. And you can switch each turn. Which is really nice. <laughs> The hard thing here is that when you're throwing, on phases you're throwing Curse of the Bad Moon, you're not throwing very many of the other spells because you just don't have enough dice, especially if you're throwing the big Curse of the Bad Moon because you're almost assuredly going to have to six dice it to get that 25+. plus. Well, and that's where the fun of throwing one dice with the mushroom dice you works st- in well. You just because, don't have that many dice. Well, you don't have to because you get to steal your opponent's dispel dice on one-third of the chances. So just getting some of those off can make sure that your opponent doesn't get a chance to dispel Curse of the Bad Moon, which in my opinion works really, really well. Mm. Especially since you can have Sneaky Stabbing on every goblin, which is 6+. plus. In practice, it's not nearly as good as Paul's indicating. Uh, I, I have fun with it. Let's put it that way. All Anytime right. he says he has fun with it does not make it your best option. I, I didn't say it was. It is a valid option. It does work, but you need big dice phases to really pull it off. Yep. All right. Well, you can go move on to the orcs now in the hero section. I don't really care about them. All right. Well, since we're still kind of open to the magic phase, at least one of us is, maybe, I, I will flip back to it, and we'll start with orc shamans, or the, the orc hero shamans. Spells it a there's big orc. There's an orc and a savage orc shaman. Mm-hmm. The only real major difference is one's got frenzy and one doesn't. Yep. So, and one gets the six the plus six save. plus award save built in, which honestly, at that point, it, I don't know if I care. Mm-hmm. 
the the big thing for the or the savage orc shaman is he can take the shrunken head which is the f- changes the savage orc word save from a 6 up to a 5 up and the entire unit that he's with now the big thing is that the i in the orcs the big have access to the big wog yep which the goblin wog the Goblin Little Wog is very much about manipulating or affecting things Combat on you. They're outcome, very much yeah. your your buffs and debuffs. Mm-hmm. The Big Wog is very is much more about focusing damage or getting your models where you need them to be. Mm-hmm. So we start with Gaze of the Mork. Gaze of Mork as a signature spell. Now this signature spell is kind of meh. it's basically a you do a line of damage. Uh, which is a random line of damage, depending on the casting value of the. It's either a 46 or 86 range, and everything that's touched in that line takes a strength four hit. Man. Or with the power of Dewag and the lore attribute, if there are more orc units in combat than running, you get plus one strength. So yay! All of a sudden, I'm in combat. I really can't cast a spell. But if I could cast it, it's strength five if I have more orc units in combat. Meh. It's kind of meh. It's not a great signature spell. That is the down point. The sneaky stabbing is a much better signature yep. spell. Brain Burster, though, the first spell on the list, is really good. It's got an 18 or 36-inch range based on the casting value. You can target a single enemy model, and it does a single strength five hit to that model. Yep. That's big. You can start character sniping with it. Mm-hmm. And if you got a unit in combat and not fleeing, you can do the strength six. Fists of Gork is really good. It's the only remains in play spell the orcs, really, the orcs and goblins really have access to. Yep. It so that's great for remains in play spells, and it's one of those ones that your opponent may let go early and then forget you have it up. Yep. It's an augment spell. Give you, the caster has plus three attacks, plus three strength, and a six plus ward save on an eight plus. All of a sudden, <laughs> makes your caster effective in combat. From a non-effective, you know, real non-effective guy to an effective guy. And if he didn't have a word saved, now he's got one. Yep. All right. And Hand of Gork. Hand of Gork. Nine possibly, plus. Possibly the best, or at least arguably the best spell in the lore. Yes. This spell basically lets you pick up, uh, you pick up and you basically, if you get it off, you It's an augment spell get, with a range of 24 inches, targets a single unengaged friendly unit. And you can move it either 3d6 or 5d6 mm-hmm. inches. You basically t- you measure that from the one model in the unit, mm-hmm. 3d6 or 5d6 inches away, depending on the casting value you chose, place it, and then form up the unit around that u- around that model. Yep. Amazing. Is, <laughs> amazing. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, hey, this is huge for, like, mangler squigs. Uh-huh. Oh, guess what? I can, That mangler squig is now right up in your face in front of your giant combat block. Or put or it it's... right behind them. So if they want to shoot at it, they have to turn around. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, you can, oh, hey, I need to get this orc, orc unit is now lined up against, oh, my goodness, terrible unit. A chosen or, unit. Oh, my goodness, they're going to die. You, oh, turn them around. You you just came within eight inches and triggered my fanatics, and I've got three fanatics sitting in front of my night goblin unit, and now that night goblin unit can't charge. Yeah. Well, instead whoop, of whoop, 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 it's now out of the way. It's it's there's lots of diverse things you can use that spell for. Headbutt. It's a another sniping type spell. This goes after wizards, mm-hmm. and the the real bonus here is that it's strength four hit. Yay! That's it's fairly nice. 
but it's the fact that it does D3 wounds. So it's basically against almost every army in the game, short of orcs or anything that has four wounds on a caster, is it has the potential to kill a wizard in one shot. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty key. <laughs> it, it is random range, but 4686, it's kind of close, but your orcs are going to be pushing your stuff forward anyways. Your orcs... Most in most cases. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Another amazing spell. This allows you to re-roll to hit rolls until your start of your next magic phase for everything within two. All orc units within two d six. Just well, orcs. you don't even care about the goblin units because the goblin hits are so ineffectual, anyways. Whatevs. Honestly, a bunch of weapon skill two, strength three hits are ineffectual. But if they get to re-roll it that they miss, they become more effective. Not really. <laughs> There's still strength three hits. Statistically, I, I will say, my statement is true. Okay, I, I get to re-roll hits with Dark Elves. Uh-huh. I've been playing a lot of Dark Elves. Everybody knows that. I've been playing a lot of Dark Elves lately. Yep. If the Dark Elves are hitting in combat at strength three, mm-hmm. those hits are very ineffectual, and I don't do very much damage. Yeah. It's not until... That's the big deal why Withering is huge for Dark Elves and why Mind Razor is huge for Dark Elves, because now all of a sudden, those strength three attacks are actually doing damage. Mm-hmm. In reality, my statement is fairly that one or two additional wounds you might pick up from being able to re-roll with strength three is very ineffectual versus being able to re-roll a bunch of hits that are strength five hits potentially in the first round. Well, it doesn't exist, so. And then we got Foot of Gork for the number six. All right. That is a fun one. This is a really good spell. It's a template spell. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got its own template, and... It's the shape of a foot. I really think this spell should be like you take your shoe off and start putting it over the top of units, <laughs> but that would sound perfectly orky to me. Of course, I guess there's a little advantage. Some people's feet are bigger than others. Exactly. Orc players all of a sudden starting to buy themselves shoes that are three or four sizes too big. <laughs> Clown just to get an shoes. Advantage. I get your entire deployment zone. But you can basically cast it on, the, on a smaller casting. It's just a single template. It scatters D6. All does, models hit by the template suffer a strength, strength six hit. Multiple with wounds multiple D3. wounds D3. The multiple wounds are oh. probably not as big a deal, but the except for against, I guess, against ogres. ogres or trolls or yeah. Yeah, any monstrous infantry. The trolls are regenning, so it's not as huge against them. But the, against the ogres, it's pretty big. And since the ogres seem to be kind of still the hotness, that's... That's a nice thing. Alrighty. You can boost the fat spell, though, to be able to roll on a table to see if it continues to stomp on other units. Yep. Or the same unit. And that's 50% of the time you get to stomp other units. So I've heard crazy stories about this spell going and stomping multiple units. Or and one unit of, like, 80 archers just... Yeah. Dead. Seven, eight, nine times. <laughs> just stomp, 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 stomp. Oh, hey, you had a unit there? Oh, Guess what? It ain't there no more. Green, pulpy mess. There's definitely huge differences between the two lores. Yep. In all honesty, I I do feel that the the more effective spells mm-hmm. are in the big wog. Eh. The little wog has lots of little things that can tweak your game. Mm-hmm. Generally, those little things, especially when you're playing all goblin lists, mm-hmm. aren't nearly enough. Short of Curse of the Bad Moon, mm-hmm. none of those spells are enough to get you over the hump. Whereas there are at least three spells in the orc lore mm-hmm. that get you over the hump. Yeah, but 
I, I don't want to rely on leading those spells off a little bit more. So I, I well, like have, the Goblin have, Lore better. Well, I think you, that they are better spells. I, I will definitely say that I disagree with that. I really, so. I really, because mm-hmm. I play a diverse list, I found that they're much better spells when you have orcs on the table. Because then all of a sudden, those buffs mm-hmm. and debuffs become huge to helping those orcs. Like if I get a Gorkle Fix It on an, on an enemy unit that's fighting my goblins, uh-huh. yeah, sure, they got to reroll sixes, mm-hmm. but they hit me so often and so easily, mm-hmm. and sure, and they wound me so often and so easily because I'm tough three, that it's, yeah, maybe I saved myself a couple wounds. Whereas if I... And those couple wounds are huge. I, not, I, I, do, I don't think it's okay to just discount when you're it taking, because it's not as you're good taking, as when you're doing with orcs. When you're taking 10 or 12 wounds in a combat... Yeah, losing three of those is huge. That means you're going to be in combat another two or three rounds because you're keeping steadfast another two or three rounds. But you're losing so many more rounds. That yeah, but, you're, you're fighting, you're, you're, but if the point isn't to win, simply to hold up, then it works great. But you're, and that's you're what basically goblins fighting do. a battle to lose. Yes, that's what goblins do. That's why they're cheap, and that's why they're crap. That same spell, when thrown against thrown against a unit that's fighting against orcs, mm-hmm. the added toughness comes into play. Yep. The added effect, the added weapon skill, if they're biggins especially, mm-hmm. comes into play. All of a sudden, that's really big because it's so much harder to hit them and wound them. But orcs should be winning combat anyway so it basically not necessarily just, you it go just back helps to that orcs do what they do better and it helps goblins do what they do better and so i but don't think goblins, you can say it's better goblins don't benefit from it nearly as much okay. they really don't you don't play the diverse list you play one list you never play anything other than goblins mm-hmm. so you in this i will definitely defer that i've got the experience here to know the difference all right so let's move on to the hero choices that are not spellcasters for orcs. Non-spellcasting hero choices. You got an orc big boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I, had the same feeling about every orc or every hero slot character, fighty character. Three attacks just ain't effective enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You take one. He's going to be your BSB, and that's it. Yep. I, you know, four fifty-five points plus some magic items. I'd much just as soon buy two goblin chariots or buy three or two or three pump wagons or buy a number of other things. There's no reason to take more than one guy and that's your BSB. Unless you wanted to put some more chaff. You can put an orc big boss in a chariot and you could add a couple that's more That's an chariots. expensive chariot though. Yeah. Remember the orc chariot's 85 points. All of a sudden I've got 55 points plus an 80, 85 point chariot. All of mm-hmm. a sudden you put some magic items on the guy. He's 200 points. Yep. Lord, that's a goblin unit. Yeah, that's, it's an option. <laughs> that's, 40, that's fun. That's 40-some goblins. Yeah. that's. I mean, there's... There are almost, more effective ways to th- run your list. almost every every chance, and this is, goes for every army. It doesn't, it's not just orcs and you know, orcs and goblins. In almost, every, in almost every army, those three little attacks you're getting out of a fighty character is so piddly in comparison to... The other options you could have taken, mm-hmm. short of the BSB, because the BSB is amazing. Yep, Savage Orc Big Boss. At least he's got frenzy, but again, I, I really, uh, unless he's but your he's BSB, seventy-five points instead of fifty. Yeah, he's points. more points. <laughs> he's you have less real magic options here. Yep, the Black Orc Hero, same thing. He's another fighty hero that you probably points. don't take. Yeah, but he can quell animosity. 
That that is true. That BSP is cool. has he has an additional function, even if you don't take him as a BSP, he can he will for, he will serve a purpose in the list, and he doesn't have to be in combat to do it. He can keep things in check a little bit more, but animosity so minor. I guess I I mean I've been burned, mm-hmm. but it's it's not something like at Wagpaka. I really never had a animosity check that lost yeah. me a tournament game. Mm-hmm. It was usually occasionally the squabble, and if you were too far away to charge, well, that not moving that turn probably didn't hurt me. Yeah. So that's pretty much the orc character slots. I guess I, I don't have anything high to say about the the non characters of the cho- of the choices. I almost always just take the orc big boss BSB. Yeah. I don't necessarily care enough. The quell animosity. I'm killing more of my own stuff. There's so many ways to kill your own stuff in the list that I'm just I'm just as soon happy to take the risk on the animosity checks. The points cost difference is big. I almost always take my BSB with a four up ward save in the orc list, mm-hmm. and I almost always put an extra chop on him to give him an extra swing. At least with four attacks, you can get some consistent damage out of him in the first round of combat. Fair enough. We have the Goblin War Boss. He has four attacks, four, three wounds. Standard Lord. Toughness four. 65 points. He's cheap. He's yeah. really cheap. Goblin and the Night Goblin War Boss. Night Goblin War Boss, 55 They're points. cheap. Mm-hmm. Usually you don't see the Night Goblin War Boss unless he's a secondary Lord. Yeah. Because he's Leader 7. I mean, you're paying for a Lord here. He's Leader 7. I when I you know most all night goblin builds you'll see the goblin the normal common goblin lord just to get you that extra pip of leadership. Yep, or they'll be f- failing Skarsnick for that extra pip. The big difference here is that yeah, sure you're paying ridiculously low amount of points. I mean, mm-hmm. sixty five or fifty point five points respectively. They're fighty lords. They come base with four attacks. Yep, that makes them quasi effective. But the real problem comes in that you at some point you need leadership. And, and you don't really these, get it. These guys don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this the the one thing that is central to the Orcs and Goblins army is having that leadership bubble, that leadership BSB bubble, that little 12-inch circle around your those two characters and whatever bunker or bunkers you're using for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the Goblin Great Shaman and the Night Goblin Great Shaman. Um, Night Goblin Great Shaman has to go in an infantry unit because he doesn't have any mount or anything like that. Uh, but 140 points for level 3 is not bad. No, that's not and bad. And 175 for level 4 is pretty nice. And the common goblin, uh, 145 for level 3 and 180 for level 4. Now, there is there is a point where I think there's an argument to take these guys as actual level 3s. Mm-hmm. And that's just simply the case that you're, you only have one lore accessible. The same with the orc, the yeah. orc level, the orc and the savage orc shamans. You only have one lore available to these casters. At some point, if you take like a, if you take the, say a, a night goblin great shaman, mm-hmm. and then a night goblin shaman like a level two, yep. that's five of the six spell or the seven spells you can have available to you. Yep. are taken. You you just take them. Yep. You take another level two. You've got every spell guaranteed, pretty much that you can have with those three spell with those three casters. Yep. And in reality. Then you start looking at the real, like, how many points do I now have sunk into this magic phase versus what am I really getting out of it? Yeah. And what I can get really get out of those spells. And this is it comes back to that. I can argue that, that taking a level 3 here plus a level 2, you're like, oh, well, I lose that plus 1 on those dice rolls. Mm-hmm. That's really not 
that big a deal. I guess there could be that, oh, I rolled that one time. I didn't get that plus one extra, and that mm-hmm. was enough to not get that dispel on that big spell. But most of the time, opponent, you're a you know, magic defense. You're throwing, if they're throwing six dice on a spell and they're not irresistible forcing it, you're probably using a scroll on it anyways. And you're using your other dice to stop smaller spells. You're probably stopping one, maybe two spells of the smaller spells with your dice. Oh, the big advantage of the Goblin Great Shaman, though, I think, is you can put him on an Arachnorok. And the Arachnorok itself isn't even that great. It's the Catchweb Spider Shrine. That's really nice. Uh, it's a 30-point upgrade to the Arachnorok. It allows him to have Lore Master. So you can have him a level 3 or a level 4. It doesn't matter. He's just going to get that extra plus 1, and you'll know all the spells anyway. Um, and... Also, what it does is that it adds plus one to his channel attempts and to every other wizard within three inches, which is really, really nice. You can have your own little mini herd stone effect from that. So The the, the real problem here is that, yeah, it's a, your mini herd stone, uh-huh. but you now have a 290-point model plus the 30-point upgrade plus the Lord character that you really like to get into combat with stuff, mm-hmm. but you can't risk losing your wizard because he's a lot of times so critical to what you want to, you know, to stopping or being an, the, that anti-magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of a, you need, he, he can be good, mm-hmm. but you really need multiple Arachnoroks to start really making you good. Yeah. All right. You want to move on to the orc choices? Orc choices, here's where you get your, your real leadership characters, your orc lords, both the black orc lord, the... Normal Orc Lord or the Savage Orc Lord. I think the Savage Orc Lord is ridiculously overpriced for what you get. The Black Orc Lord isn't too bad. I, I like him quite a bit. He gets the extra weapon skill, which gets him to 7, which is really big for all of a sudden those weapon skill 3 infantry are needing 5s to hit him. And there's a lot of weapon skill 3 infantry out there, so. Mm-hmm. And the Quell Animosity deal with him. It's kind of a shame to give him a magic weapon, though, because he has the arm to the teeth rule. Yeah, it, I really don't understand why they went up 35 points from the Savage Orc War Boss from the regular Orc War Boss. He gets Frenzy and the 6-plus ward safe, but you put up an extra pip of weapon skill, and it's only 10 points so from the Savage Orc to the Black Orc. Pip of weapon skill, pip, uh, an extra attack. And an extra attack for yeah. the Orc War Boss to the Savage Orc War Boss? Well, no. not Their profile is literally the same. The same. And that just thirty-five points is just a lot of points. Yeah, for it, it doesn't it, make it, sense it, at all for the same character options and losing the ability to be able to flee from a charge. <laughs> it, it's really kind of silly. Yeah, he's that's that's probably, but you don't. I don't know that you see a lot of orc savage orc characters other than the shamans. savage orc shaman with the the shrunken head. Even yeah. that, you you still see a savage orc great shaman every once in a while, but you mm-hmm. won't see. Because that's only a five-point markup between the two characters. Yeah, I really like to just run again. I'm the animosity so soft. I'm I'm fine taking an orc war, orc lord. He's cheap enough at one fifteen to you know with a little bit of gear on foot. I can still afford an L three or an L four. Again, mm-hmm. remember, I think I think an L three in this list is very valid choice because you, it, and that's if you're taking then that second. Orc Shaman, if you're taking it, or, or Goblin Shaman, mm-hmm. um, that you can go ahead and fit them in, fit them both in comfortably at the Lord Choice. The Orcs do have access to Wyverns, which are really nice as mounts. 
Um, yeah, they're pretty cheap for 160 points. Yeah, for it's a, fine. It's, it's only got three attacks, but it flies and it's thunder stomp, and all of a sudden, if that's not my orc lord, he's an 18 inch leadership bubble. Yep. Which is, I mean, those are all nice things. Mm-hmm. Certainly, the being able to, I, I've run the wyvern, the orc lord on wyvern, mm-hmm. being able to get him into combat with stuff. Orcs, orc characters are fighty, nasty beasts. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of options to get them fairly well, fairly good armor saves, and to make them very killy. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, all of a sudden you give them a magic weapon that's. I think the the dwarf the what I don't remember what it's called the dwarf gouger or whatever it is is plus one strength plus one attack and something against dwarfs if I remember right. All of a sudden I can put that on a on an orc war boss at like fifty points. Mm-hmm. That's uh, all of a sudden goes he goes from a strength five to a strength six character with five attacks. Yep, that's plus then I can still afford to get him get him heavy armor with a four up ward save. That's okay, Basha's okay Axe it. of Stunty Smashing. Yeah, it was something like that. And they double all their bonuses against dwarves, so. So it's a really, I mean, that's there's lots of options in the Orc Warblast, to, especially on that Wyvern, to get them directed in, in Smashy. You got you can mount them on boars and chariots and stuff like normal characters. The Orc Warboss does have the most diverse options. The Savage Orc Warboss, you can mount them on boars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think you got all the same options with the Black Orc Yeah, Warboss. you get Wyverns. Yep, you get the Wyverns and Warboars for the Black Orcs, even though the Black Orcs don't have any kind of boar option in the rest <laughs> of the list. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, that's pretty much the Orc characters. I mean, the Savage mm-hmm. Orc, or the Shamans are... Are pretty straightforward as well. It's just a bigger, better shaman than the hero level version. So, yep. uh, then we're if we're gonna just kind of finish off here with uh, magic items. You already talked about Bash's axe of Stunty Smashing, and we talked about the Lucky Shrunken Head. Um, that's a fifty-point magic item. Those I think are gonna be the most common. I did mention the Spider Banner. That's an eighty-five-point magic banner. So I've, that has I've to go on a BSB. That being taken, but. Mm-hmm. I just don't buy into it, especially when you got the poison spell. The the big issue with me is that the spider banner has to be on a BSB because it has to be taken by a common goblin, and you cannot well, fit an eighty five point. You can't put it anywhere on... else, anyplace. You have no ability with exactly. goblins to take a magic banner. Period. Exactly, and the same thing with the bad moon banner. It makes the night goblin stubborn, but no night goblin unit can take a magic banner, so it has to go on a BSB. So if you're putting it on the BSB, they have nothing for any kind of magic item defense whatsoever, and you kill the BSB and it goes away. Yeah. It's... So it's in my mind, it's really really pointless. And the same thing with Morik's War Banner, a hundred points for magic resistance D six. You have to put it on a BSB again. At least with the Orc one, you can get an armor save on him. Yeah, but with the Eighth Ed, it's just the whole issue of. Why are there magic banners that can't be put on a unit? Because oh, you have to make your BSB survivable. No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that at all. I mean, you can make like I could take a, a that Morks War Banner. I I can't see taking with the Orcs. No, but I could see taking a magic banner with a character like this in Eighth that if I can get him like mounted on some kind of steed, get him heavy armor, get him a shield, yeah, get him like a two plus all armor of a sudden save. he's down to a two up. He's survivable then, and survivable and mobile. And now I can, you know, if I had something where I could get like plus extra attacks out of that out of that unit that he joins, mm-hmm. or I could get 
stubborn or something like that, that would be those cases where I could see that. But yeah, definitely th- in this case, the orcs and goblins are bit in the in the lack of magic banners that they can take throughout the army. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get a like if if you're worried or your meta local meta has a lot of regen, mm-hmm. it's hard to get flaming. It's near impossible to get flaming in the orcs and goblins army. It's just you're going to have to rely on instead with dealing with this regen. You have to re- you have to rely on massive attacks. Yep. You need lots and lots of attacks to try to get the job done. You can't get the job done necessarily on you know because you just don't have access to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a, in a, if you take an all goblin army, you have no access to magic banners other than the BSB, which you that's like, oh my god, why are you doing that? Because the guy's going to die. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you have. In the orc list, you have a BSB you could put it on, and a biggin unit, and the black orc unit. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot of options to upgrade your units at all with the magic banners. So I, th- I mean, that's a big, big downfall for the orcs and goblins mm-hmm. between the limited access to spell lores and ha- animosity. And the- even though it it's not nearly as bad as it was in the last edition, it still can stop a critical charge from happening. Which is really annoying. <laughs> it's really rare that that happens, though. You got to roll a one followed by a one. I know. Otherwise, but, you always get the charge. But there you go. I think that's a that's pretty much pretty the, much <laughs> the list, the books. Again, like most of our our discussions on army books and army lists, we don't we're not going to beat up or go over the special characters that are available in the list. There are mm-hmm. some really neat ones. I know we mentioned Grimgore. We mentioned Scarsnick. Mm-hmm. There, those are some really cool, really good characters in the list that add lots of neat little fluffs or flubes or bonuses to what you can do with the list. But overall, orcs, it, the Orcs and Goblins book is one of the one of my favorite books out there. It's I think it's a great beginner's army because you it's you can play a very straightforward push it forward type play style to start with mm-hmm. and you can diverse it to lots of different tactical ranges as you go down the road yeah and certainly playing with more models in your opponent generally gives you an advantage so mm-hmm. there's you have a lot of options that you, you can really do and like i said you can really grow with the book exactly and it's that they have so many different models that you can choose from and so many different themes that you can do. You can do pretty much anything and then combine them all to be attorney list and it not, should work out pretty well. Not to mention orcs are one of those quintessential fantasy yeah, races. Yeah, they, they are. So that means there's tons of model ranges. If you don't like the GW models, mm-hmm. there are tons of model ranges you can choose from. Yeah, if you don't like the current Night Goblins, go with the Kev Adams Night Goblins, which are the one the guy who sculpted all the fifth ed and before night goblins he's still making miniatures so go ahead and check him out i mean there's so many alternatives out there it's more than slightly ridiculous you can find pretty much anything yeah you're worried pretty about, much anywhere if you're worried about cost there's mantic and other companies like that that are making very low cost yep. reapers starting to do the the bones program what they do with the just really cheap plastic miniatures i mean it there's all kinds of options available if, you know if you're looking for you know the higher the higher end models, there's lots of, of those alter, alternatives out mm-hmm. there. The GW range really isn't that bad. I mean, you either love or hate the orcs the GW produces, but the goblins are great other than the common goblins. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it is a really good range. Yes. And a really good army. So, All right, we're going to go ahead and cut a break. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Hey, Ben. Yo. 
you live in Wisconsin, right? Last I checked. And you play Warhammer, right? I sure do. I'm getting really tired of playing you every week. How do you get a hold of other people to play Warhammer in Wisconsin? Well, I just post over on the WWHFB forums. WWHFB? What's that? What's well, the Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles League? Really? Yeah, there, there's, there's one in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's what they are. They are all over the place. Really? Whether so, it's Milwaukee or Madison, Janesville or or Lacrosse, they're all over. They got members everywhere. They're always looking to play games, answer questions about Warhammer. Just have fun. Wow, that sounds awesome. What was that website again? It's at www.wwhfb.com. Was that wwhfb.com? Yeah, that's it. wwhfb.com. That is it. I'll have to check it out. All right, you do. All right. And now it's time for... Gonzies Rant! Orcs is the best! Oh my goodness. What do you mean? They are. They're the best. They're lots of fun for all the reasons we just got done talking about. This rant actually goes back to a few years ago. It was actually 7th Ed Warhammers when I really got into, really got into playing the Orcs and Goblins, playing Greenskins. It was the time of the big three armies. If you weren't playing Demons or Dark Elves or Vampire Counts at the time, you really weren't struggling to play consistently or play at the top tables Mm -hmm. it was a time where i kind of wanted to prove to a lot of the players that were still playing warhammer in the in the local area that you could play an army that people didn't think was that good well and you could win games with it and Mm -hmm. and or win tournaments and i and I learned really quickly that you could do this with orcs and goblins. Mm-hmm. I did win a couple of tournaments. I did win a lot of games. I did lose a bunch of games too. But mm-hmm. then there was, you know, sometimes those matchups I just couldn't do anything about it. But especially the the more broken of the builds, I just couldn't do anything about it. I just have to eat the loss. But it was lots of fun playing during that run. It was. It's been lots of fun. I know. I, I know. I've talked about kind of giving them up this last six months, but this when I went into Wagpaka this year, I had the Mangler Squigs. I finally had a lot of the tools I needed to really make the Army Eighth Ed playable. There was a lot of fun, and my game results were really good. I was able. You know, I came back. My you know my and this big change for me to getting away from the orcs has has had less to do with playing the orcs and goblins list that it was not fun was more that I just, at some level, I've been painting green for the last uh, five years. And I was just kind of tired of it, and I didn't want to paint many more green, green, or green models. <laughs> so they'll definitely, I'll definitely come back. I definitely enjoy playing them, picking them up every here and there. And that's also goes for me. I mean, I picked up my first Orcs and Goblins army from Battle for Skull Pass, and I just kept collecting Night Goblins, and I played them through 7th edition. And... They weren't that great of an army, but they were fun, and the background is fun, and I would lose games, but have a great time losing games. Now in 8th edition, they're a little bit better, but I mean that's that's kind of what Orcs and Goblins for me are all about, is even if you lose the game, you should still have some fun playing it. And being not that good of a player in 7th edition, and hopefully being a little bit better now, it's really fun to be able to have that army to fall back on, to just be like, alright, we're just going to have fun. And have a good game, and we'll make a good story, and it'll be a fun two hours. So, definitely, that's why Orcs is the best. And so we're going to say that a few more times, maybe, this show. Oh. All right. Hobby and gaming goals for the next couple of weeks. Ben. All right. Well, 
my my biggest goal is to survive the two next two weekends in a <laughs> row of big travel. I'd really like to finish up assembling all of the Mantic Elves I own currently. All right. I know every time I set an assembly goal, I've pretty much failed. failed. Yeah, you um, only needed to assemble four Dark Elf crossbowmen, yeah, and you failed. Well, I had to feel. I have to had to assemble eight. <laughs> yeah, I got four of them done. <laughs> That's a big thing. I'd like to go ahead and. And I'd like to say I have a chance of getting some more paint-on models, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's realistic. All right. I'm going to keep working on my spider goblins, see how far I can get with the wolf riders, get those spiders to a decent level for me, and get those arachnoroks, the spiders themselves at least coated, to really get a picture in my mind's eye of where I want the list to go, where I want the paint scheme to go from here. So that is my hobby and gaming goal. Get three colors on those spiders. Yay, I hate that. <laughs> I really do. I hate three colors. That no, no, never that's my base goal. coat. That's that's my three color so base coat on my spiders. You should be instead not of, on I, the goblins. I I would say, I would say you're trying to get your base coats done. Yeah, my three color base coat. I'm doing three sets of washes on the body itself. Uh, that's that's all I meant. I have one coat on my spider riders already. I, my I guess wolf that, riders. that three color. Just wow, always, we've every on time, a topic here. Three colors. No, oh, oh my god! Every oh. time that gets brought up, I just go <laughs> grr because that really shouldn't be a standard. And wait, wait, didn't we just have Conzie's ranch? Wasn't it about orcs? Am I missing something? <laughs> it was, but but. Somebody had to say that evil, evil thing that just flips Conzy out. It wasn't even actually about it. You just heard three colors. And you're like, no! <laughs> you ruined it! You ruined the whole thing! The whole show's in the train! No! Here, well, here goes Conzy ranting on this again. What did we talk about today? Evidently, I mentioned three colors, and that was the end of the world. And we talked about orcs and goblins. Orcs is the best! All right. How do you contact the show slash hosts? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at WiscoDice. I'll yeah. talk to you. Or you can follow at Duggan Brightax. Dugan. He, he won't Dugan. Really talk to you as much. I mean, admittedly, I'm busy actually doing things for the show, like editing the podcast, working on the website. I'm just stating you weren't as active Traveling to events. Trying to be social with our fans in real life. I try. I travel to events, too. It's just not as many. I can't edit. Yeah. Or you can like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group. We're getting up there. So that's we pretty cool. 80, I think, today. Yeah, like, 80. Woohoo! 20, 20 more. left. Come on, people. We can do this. It'll be awesome. It'll be the best thing that happened in the world. All right. Or you can find us on Google+. Plus. You could find us on Google+. Wiscodice at gmail.com. Or you could leave a review on iTunes, BlackBerry Podcast, or Stitcher Smart Radio. Those are all acceptable. And of course, I did mention the website. You can hit us on the website at wiscodice.com. What's that website? Wiscodice.com. Is that wiscodice.com? That is. Or you can tr- meet us on the forum and say hi. We'll yes. respond. You got a game club. We've got the sections for letting people know about your game club or exactly. what your local gaming nights are. We'd like to be able to make sure that we're helping out the community and helping out our fans by helping them reach out to and and get more Warhammer players involved with their hobby. So, Well, Coolio. All right. The last thing I think we got to mention is, of course, if you'd like a sh- us to mention whatever it is. Tournament. Tournament. Insults. Insults. Whatever. Whatever. 
We're happy to take that. You can email in. You can send your PayPal donation to magnarock at gmail.com. That's magnarock at gmail.com. Magnarock at gmail.com? I believe that is the PayPal account you want to send it to. A donation of $10 or more, we'll go ahead and read off a shout-out to you about whatever it is you, you want us to read off about. And if you want Swiss to eat cheese curds, you should do that, too. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want us <laughs> to get some cheese curds for Swiss and make him eat them on air? Definitely get us a shout-out for that. We'll make sure that he has some nice squeaky ones. Yeah, we really, certainly, there's a lot of money we want to invest in this show, so it's not like we're just asking for cash nope. like everybody else. We've got... You know, probably yeah. probably two hundred dollars in microphones we want to buy in the next couple months. We've got probably three or four hundred dollars in furniture. I so, can confidently say we are a not for profit podcast. <laughs> well, we're we're Ben's we are, not for profit. Yeah, Ben's not for profit. <laughs> so every little bit helps. We're gonna. Mm-hmm. I think at some point here soon, we're gonna do some raffle or something as well to try to help out. But. Coolio. And we've got some merch in the works, but all of this requires some startup capital investment for the th- for the ways we want to do, and we need your help. So if you guys got some shout-outs or whatever, we want to go ahead and mention those. Last and not least, I'm just going to go ahead and give a brief mention here for a Android app, and that's just the Fantasy Math Hammer app. Ah. Check it out. He's got a lot of different things in it for calculating different results for different units and whatnot and how characters might come into play not a ton of options yet but it's it's a halfway decent app i put it on my phone the other night and i was playing with it and it's not too bad we'll go from there is the fantasy math hammer app called bill the centaur no oh okay all right that's all i had we don't care about bill the centaur i i care about bill the centaur no we don't he's an accountant centaur He's he's lame. He likes Math Hammer. There are no centaurs in he's the Warhammer the world. Patron saint of Math Hammer. Both centaurs. Dark elves. Or dark dark elves. Chaos dwarves. That's not a centaur though. That's a bull centaur. Yeah, that's what I said. Bull centaur. It's a bull centaur. That's not a centaur. It's a bill centaur. A bill centaur is not a bull centaur. Oh, I understand. That's why he's the patron saint of Math Hammer. That's why he's he's not in Warhammer world. Well, I I disagree. So does your face. Wow. Great comeback, third grader. Well, it was better than a your mom joke. <laughs> That's true. It was it was more appropriate, I think, for the feel of the conversation we were having. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes, yes. The, yeah, the orcs, the orcs are the best. Orcs are the best. Orcs are the best. <laughs> yes, 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 master. Yes, master Conzi. Orcs is. The best! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Impulse face sucks. I think the fan was having a crisis. I think that's the most intelligent thing the fan has said in, since last episode. Wow. <laughs> oh. I think Paul's in pain now. Yeah, physically in pain. That's good. Send us a donation to get Paul out of pain. <laughs> All right, peace out, folks.